Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And let the redeemed of 
the devil is wasting us. So we're going to take that today. We're going to yield to the Lord and we're going to ask him to stand and do what he wants to in us. No fear in faith. There's no fear in faith. There's no fear in Jesus. Whatever you need, believe it. He's going to give it to you today. Just believe it. to do and we can 
get it done. Amen. And number one is to save these people. Amen. We got to bring the harvest in. Amen. When you have it, you don't feel like telling nobody about Jesus. Because yeah. you don't know how care for this world and this life. You know what I'm saying? Amen. But when you bring upon the Lord, you feel like I can go to anybody about Jesus. That's why I keep you out of the word of God. When that devil tells you, you don't feel like reading, tell him you're a liar. And go and get it and read it. This is your life mind. You don't get this thing and you don't make it. You're not going to make it. That's a lie from the enemy. So he, when you don't read it, you get weaker and weaker and weaker. So send old carnal folks to you, start saying all kinds of stuff to you. And before you know it, you believe in what the liars say because you haven't meditated on the truth. I'm telling you, be watchful. We live in some hard times. And the devil in whom he may devour. Don't fall for the enemy's tricks because he want to take as many as he can hell. And he's telling lies day and night. And so that's why we say, hey, don't look to us. You look to the cross for Christ. Yeah. Not a man. Follow Jesus. Because when you follow Jesus, you can't go wrong. Right. And because you do, you know others that follow Jesus. Right. And you know what they're about. Right. You know I'm in the spirit. You don't know I'm according to the flesh. You know I'm by the spirit. Amen. Amen. So can't nobody come and tell you no lies when you know Lord. Can they? Amen. About people that's walking with God. Amen. Amen. That's right. So I keep my faith down in the word of God. He said you'll know them by their fruit. And you should know those that labor among you. Amen. Because can't nobody come and tell me nothing about my brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? Especially when I know they ain't been in this long time and I know they need to grow. I know they still carry some devils around with them that they don't want to lose. You can't come and tell me nothing about my brothers and sisters. I don't lay them with because I know them by the Spirit. I know them. They know me. They know what I do and what I won't do because they see me in operation just like they'll see you in operation because they're with me. They know so can't nobody come and get you off the word of God. They can when your mind is being renewed. That's right. And all the way it's going to be renewed is by this. This is how you win. This is the winner's guide. This is the winner's manual to make it through this life. Amen? So you got to bathe in it. You got to wake up in it. You got to go to bed in it. Through the day, you got to be in this. Yes, Lap it up like a lap dog, like Gideon's army yes, did the 300. They got down. Yes, they left it up by morning, noon, and night. Yes, you got to go with him. Right. He is the one that's going to lead you back to heaven. Yes, Not somebody's feelings. Yes, we owe nobody nothing but Christ. Yes. Right. This is all we owe everybody. That's right. This is perfect love. That's right. Perfect love in every way. You can't lose. Yes. You can't lose. God, you don't care what nobody feels or think about you. But you know who you are in here. Amen. Amen. So we're soldiers in his army. We have a responsibility to stand and therefore stand. We can't let the devil put us our stand to Christ. Amen. But your foundation. If you got that in you, you gotta tell you nothing. Amen. Again.
on my word day and night. Right. You know what he said? You should be like a tree planted by the river or that went a fruit in its season. Amen. Amen. So Amen. when you get that Bible in you, the word of God, yes. I tell you, it's going to bring forth a lot. And the truth never fails you. Amen. He never fails you. Amen. We're on a journey. Yes. And we're going to make it. All those that are believers will make it. Amen. You will make it. Yes, it gets tough sometimes. We don't go back to that foundation. Yes. And you say, Lord, I don't understand. He'll bring it. He'll bring it. Once he can stand on it, no matter how it looks, you'll make it through. You'll make it through. You'll make it through. You will make it through. You'll make it. You will make it. You'll make it. Because you believe in him. See, a lot can't stand before the truth. Remember when Judas brought him into the Garden of Gethsemane? As soon as they saw Jesus, he started telling them last, what happened to those folks? Did they not fall back? Fall down from the truth? See, a lot can't stand before the truth. It'll never stay because of who he is. The truth. So stand on the word of God. No matter on your job, when you get tight, you say, dog, I dropped the ball. I made that mistake. Don't go to lie. Because then Jesus came. He can't help you. Tell the truth. Say, yeah, that's what happened. You know, hey, let it go. Because then he can come and change it around. But, and they'll look and see your integrity. And they'll know the character of you. And respect you. A lot of times people already have a situation. Whether or not, if you tell a lie, you tell the truth. They're waiting to see if you're going to tell the truth. But if you tell a lie, God can't come to your defense. And Nothing, nothing, nothing. So folks that are married, you got to sit down and tell your husband and your wife things. Holy Ghost prompt you to get free and clear because it's going to take you to another level in him. Do God got you. He got you. See, when the truth starts to deal with you, you become clean. And see, that's why a lot of people run away from the truth because they don't want to come clean. They don't. Because they love that flesh more. They're thinking about what, what man can do to me. You better think about what God won't do to you if you don't do what he says. And that's the truth. See, you might get, get a, like they say, you might get by, but you don't get away. Nobody gets away. Okay, so we got to go according to the word of God. And I don't care how difficult it is. Do it. Because now he's weighing your purposes and your motives and your intents. You know, he is. He is. And he don't care who it is. But he want to take you to another level. I had to go back and apologize to him last week. Because it was somebody involved that I had put down. And I was going to have to pay it. And I, I, I knew there was a slim chance because of the way these things were written. That I could have gotten money back. But when I sat down and really looked at it after I had gone to this attorney, she was willing to give me back my money. But see, I didn't explain to her everything. And I had to go back and say, hey, look, this is what the deal is. And I, I'm sorry I did not explain everything to you. 
you know, but this is the way it is. And I really like her and we have had a working relationship for years. But I have to be honest and got to be back to her. You know what? She told me, she said, I appreciate that, Barbara. She said, I know. She says, it's getting tougher and tougher to do business. I say, it is. I said, but, but I got to keep it straight. I got to come with the right motive. I said, so if I got to lose that money, let it go. Because yeah. I don't want to be, I want to continue to be blessed. That's right. And see, the devil will try. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. But see, when I got back home and I really looked at that thing and said, hey, now, you know, they wouldn't really like that. It was like it, but if you can't get around this law, that's right. It got to be done just like it says. And I had to go to her and say, "Hey, go ahead and give them the money. I don't, I, I don't want anything to hold my blessings." So when you honor the Lord in your life, He'll honor you. That's right. I'm telling you. And when you keep it straight, because the devil always wants you to go to the side. I'm just honest. I'm just going to tell y'all like it is. Because that's living and that's life. That's right. So when you butt up against things like that, I always choose to say, uh 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 uh. Nope, I'm going to do it just like this. That's I don't right. care what cost. If that's I got to pay the money, pay the money, that's be right. through and go on. Give right. me some more. That's right. Amen. 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 So Amen. that's where I am. But I thank the Lord today because of his word. And I'm excited about him. I'm always excited about Jesus. I think I've been saved about 36 years. But he never changes. He never changes. But he, he wants us to change. And we are going to change if we're going to do it his way. Right. And if our lives are going to progress. Right. See, you don't progress if you don't obey what he tell you, when he tell you. Right. See, if he, if he told you to do something two weeks ago and you never did it, you know what I'm saying? And you slow about doing it because of your stubbornness. Guess what? You're going to have to go around the situation again. Exactly. And then right. you're going to tell you again, okay, now go and do it. I told you to do it, man. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So let's do it. Let's let's be obedient the first time. Amen. 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 So I thank the Lord today because there is a devil out here that wants to destroy us. Right. There's a devil that's going to be on your path, on your case. He's going to try to turn you around. Don't let him turn you around. We are a united front. He said how good it is that brethren dwell together in unity. There's power when you have one mind. One faith and one God. Amen. 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 You can overcome anything. I'm serious. When you come here to these conferences, is to recharge your battery to go back and fight and to make declarations. I tell people all the time, go back home and anoint your house. Ask the Lord before you get there, what's in here that don't need to be in here anymore? What movies do I have in my archive that I've forgotten about that's still in here? And he'll show it to you. What books are in here? He'll show it to you. Get rid of it. What has someone given me from my past that I'm still to? That $7,000 ring with them diamonds. Throw it in. And I'm telling you, you'll see deliverance come in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Don't worry about it. God got you. He's going to give you something better. That's why I want you to get rid of it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's praise Him. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise Him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Stay in the Word of God. Amen. Stay in the Word of God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord.
First of all, I want to say good morning. You know, I'm thankful to be here today. Um, really happy that I got to meet some really good brothers and sisters just to show us that the body of Christ is really universal. You know, and I believe, like Pastor Price said, that the Lord is putting his body together. And I think that those who want to be a part of it will, and they will grow. And then there are others that, you know, that never really were serious that are probably going to be straying away, as the Bible says. Um, my name is Derek Hallett. I come out of Portland, Oregon. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. And, um, you know, I moved uh, to Portland about 12 years ago. And I didn't meet the Lord until, I'll say, the last eight years. I was raised in a Baptist church, a little small Baptist church, where we got some goodly principles concerning Jesus Christ, but I didn't really get what, you know, I was supposed to get as far as the full gospel. You know, at best, I had religion, I had a knowledge of Christ, but I didn't have the knowledge of Christ. No one ever told me that I needed to know him for myself. So, of course, you know, I went out in the world and... You know, I did my thing, I lived the way that I wanted to, and I had believed that as long as I believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that somehow I was going to be saved, so I lived like the devil. And it wasn't until about, I would say about 2009, I began to uh, listen to Pastor Price. I actually caught him on a video of someone else. I never even saw his face, but there was this... Uh, like cartoon clip of Adam and Eve that somebody put together and Pastor Price was actually talking about it but you know even though it was kind of comical there was a lot of truth in it so I was like man I gotta see you know who this guy is because he's just bringing the truth and he's just throwing it in my face so I remember uh, tuning into Omega Ministries and I just want to say that Omega Ministries is blessed me and I just pray that the Lord continues to bless this ministry because where a lot of pastors lied to me, a lot of people told me things that, you know, weren't really that important. Pastor Price told me the truth. And I just want to personally say thank you. I know that the glory is the Lord's, but I appreciate all that you brought. So I just want to thank you for telling me the truth and being man enough to tell me what most people would, you know. So, um, yeah, about Eight years ago, about seven years ago, I gave my life to the Lord. I was in a pretty bad spiral. You know, I was a womanizer. I've done all sorts of things that were not of God. And 
You know, I found myself in a hard situation about to do time, you know. Um, I wish I really had time to fully go into the story, you know, because I know we're a limited time here, but, you know, let's just say that my sin caught up with me. You know, sometimes people don't like it when you're not honest and you use and abuse people. So, you know, I got brought up on charges for things that I didn't exactly do. But, you know, when you dance with the devil, you know, eventually you're going to have to pay the piper, you know. So, um, yeah, you know, the Lord liberated me and my story was very much like what Brother Rashid uh, talked about yesterday, how the Lord managed to expunge things from my life that I ended up not having a record. I ended up not doing time. I ended up being a place of having to receive the Lord. So I just want to give the glory to him this morning, you know, and just, just let people know that it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're facing. I don't care what you've done. All things can be canceled in Jesus Christ. You know, because I was, you know, the worst possible person I could be. But when he tells us that we're more than conquerors and he gives you the new life and you become the new man, you know, old things truly are passed away. So no matter what you have to say to the Lord, you'll never shock him, you know, because he knew you were going to do it from the day that you did. So this is just, you know, what we need to do is just focus on him, give all things to him. and you know, be made in his image because that's his whole purpose for our lives. And, uh, you know, tonight what I want to, or today, what I want to talk about is Jezebel, your enemy and mine. Jezebel, your enemy and mine. Now, she's your enemy if you're a woman because of the fact that God's image is not good enough for her. She wants to go beyond. She wants to step outside the divine order. And, you know, her paths really do lead to hell because she puts you in a place of rebellion so drunk that you think that you're right. And you think that, you know, being proud is, you know, glorious. And you can really get full of yourself. But you see, her whole goal is to destroy you. So Jezebel doesn't even really care about herself. Jezebel is an insane spirit that if anyone follows her, she's going to lead you to your destruction. You know, the reason why she's my enemy and she's the enemy of men is because she wants to dominate a man. She hates a man. She hates authority. She's looking for her way to gain control over every little situation. But you got to find today that Jezebel is just a scared little girl. Jezebel is just a weak man that knows not Christ. Because, you know, we can call ourselves men, but you see, we were made in God's image and likeness. So unless we have the spirit of God, we can't truly function like the Lord wants us to. You see, it's just like you can have a car, but if that car has no gas, it's still a car, but it's not going to function like one. You can have a lampshade, I mean, you can have an oil lamp that is an oil lamp, but unless there's oil in the lamp, it's not going to function like an oil lamp. And it's the same thing with a man or woman of God. If you have not Christ and he's not fully living in you, you might be male or female, but you're not going to function like the man or woman that God wants you to be. 
And this is what Jezebel's focus is, is to destroy. She steals, she kills, and she destroys. So we got a lot to cover right now. So I just want to get right into the lesson. Uh, I want to pray first, and um, hopefully we'll get some understanding tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for another day, another day not promised to us. And we ask, Lord, that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our shortcomings and our transgressions and those things that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm grateful for this time with my brothers and sisters that you have given us yet another day to be partakers of your word, to be edified by your spirit, that we may choose life and not death. And Lord, I pray and I ask, Lord, that you open the minds, that you open the hearts, that you open the ears, that you open the understanding of your people, that we may choose you, Lord, above all things and recognize that unless we bring all things unto you, Lord, that we truly can't be set free. So I just pray, Lord, tonight or today that no man's heart be heard. Lord, please let no flesh be glorified. Let no pride be in the midst. Let no Jezebel we have spirit, Lord, be in the midst. But let your people hear your words loud and clear. For with all we get, Lord, we ought to have understanding. So we just pray for the Holy Ghost, Lord, that you send your spirit of truth, the comforter, the one that would bring us into all truth and righteousness, that we may serve you. And I pray in Jesus' name, that you bind every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of contention or confusion, every spirit of jealousy, malice, and hate, all spirit down in unbelief. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you bind the devil, that you keep him at bay, that you cast him down like the dog he is, and that you kick him out, Lord, that we may get the glory in you, Lord that we may give you all things, Lord, for you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are faithful, just, and true, and worthy of all praises. So we pray and we ask, Lord, that all these things be done for your glory and honor. The Lord may get a great victory this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so uh, who is Jezebel? You know, let's go to First uh, Kings chapter 16. Her name is first mentioned, so we can get into the word. And I remember a long time ago, Christ told me, have your Bibles out in front. Why? Because he said, for all you know, I could be crazy. So, you know, this is true. We need to get into the word and read it for ourselves that we may have understanding and what the Lord wants us to. Thank you, Lord. Okay, First Kings 16, and we're going to begin at verse 30. I knew I was missing something. Got another set of eyes in here. Thank you, Lord. Let me look at First Kings 16. Let's look at verse 30. And it says, And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass as if it had been like a light thing for him to walk in the sight of Jeroboam, the son of Nebai, 
that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Nathan, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. So what we understand here is that this Jezebel is the daughter of Ephbel. Ephbel was the king of the Zidonians, and Ephbel's name means with Baal, or near Baal, or together with Baal. Now, who is Baal? Baal is the enemy of the children of Israel. Baal is another name for, if you guys have ever heard of the character Nimrod, Okay, Baal is Nimrod. Nimrod was praised and worshipped in all false religions. I mean, I don't care what you go into, whether it's Catholicism, Islam, Buddhism, they all have that same sickle wounded star. So you see, Baal is pretty much the Antichrist that is against God. Okay, but this Ephbel, his name means that he's with Baal. He was a servant of Baal. And Jezebel, who was his daughter, means unmarried or married to Baal. Now, this is going to be real important because, you know, if Jezebel means married, it's no secret that if anyone's married to a Jezebel spirit, that you're not really married to her. And what I mean by that is marriage is when two are joined together, and he's they will neither twain anymore, but they become one flesh. Now, you know if you're married to a Jezebel spirit that you are not one flesh. You guys may have gotten married, but the thing is, is that her allegiance is to bear. Okay, her allegiance is to self. This spirit will even stop women from marrying men. I remember dating women in the past where it was good. We were okay. You know, there was no problem. She loved me. You know, so we think. But then when I wanted to put a ring on her finger and marry her. Then it was kind of like, uh, you know, I'm not really ready for that sort of thing. That's not there. And I'm like, are we living like we're married then? You know, we're doing what we're doing. But you see, her allegiance is to Baal because Jezebel, she won't marry unless it's a benefit to her, unless she can gain control and power, usually with money, usually with family and security. But, you know, if she doesn't marry, it's because she doesn't want to give up control. It's because she doesn't believe in God's principles. She doesn't believe in holy matrimony and serving the Lord. So you see, this is a really big thing the unmanned spirit. Because I think for a while, you know, the Bible says if you lay down with a harlot, you become one with them. And I remember even being in that spirit where I began to have fear of marriage. I began to have fear of what happens if I give my life over. You know, I would, you know, tell women that I cared about them only to be with them. Then there came a point where I would say, well, you know, you're good, but I just want to leave my options open in case something better comes along. So as you can see, Jezebel joined herself to me because whatever you lay with, that's what you become one with. So you know, this, this is what her name means. It means married or married to bail. And this is a because you can still be married, but your allegiance can still be to the devil. Because you don't believe in what God says, with the head of every man being Christ. The head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. You see, if Jezebel's spirit doesn't believe that, she may go along and say she does, but, you know, Jesus said you would know by their fruit. You know, it's like for someone to tell you that they love you, only for you to see that their actions are completely different. 
So you know the Jezebel spirit is no exception. But this is what she stands for, and this is what she's about. She's a killer. She's a liar. She's a thief. You know, she's a, she's a lot of different things, man, that we're going to cover tonight. And um, I thought Pastor Price was going to talk about it because you said yesterday that, you know, when we're in one spirit, that we flow together in one uh, teaching, we usually end up being similar to another. But Pastor Price tapped on something really important when he mentioned about Samson and Delilah. Because what the Lord took me through these last, uh, last month was the meanings of the names of all the women that had the Jezebel spirit. And it's amazing when you look them up how they all have an attribute to what Jezebel stands for. Like, for example, you mentioned Delilah yesterday, and he said that Samson slew, you know, bunches of, you know, soldiers with a joke on the ass. Samson was unbeatable, but he stayed up under the Lord. But it took a Delilah to take him down. Delilah's name means feeble or weak or lowly. You see, and this is one of the attacks of Jezebel because Jezebel doesn't always come as a roaring lion. Jezebel can come as a lamb, you know, just to draw herself in close to you. You see, the Jezebel spirit can't tolerate it. She must be cast out. Because if there's any residue in her, her is to have revenge. You know, you, can, you might get the best of a Jezebel spirit one day and put her on display. But if you keep your allegiance to her, there's only a matter of time before she comes and does what she needs to do to keep the upper hand. She has the rules. Her job is to win by any means. You know, and this is why we have to take this serious because a lot of women can look, you know, weak and meek and comely and lonely. But what is the intent of the heart? So today we're going to identify this very we're going to talk about what she, uh, you know, all of her attributes, because I think it would do us some good. And I'm sure after this, guys, we won't even scratch the surface of the, of the Jezebel spirit, because it's that deep. She's a chameleon. She's got to win. She can metamorphosize into whatever the situation demands. And it's an insane spirit that she doesn't even know herself. She doesn't know what she's going to do from time to time. She's under the control of not just a demon, but a principality. I remember that, um, you know, when Pastor Price asked me to come out, that, you know, to, to speak on the general spirit. And that's when it really became clear to me that she's a principality. Because every Jezebel spirit I have a new in the past, present, and I'll know in the future came at me in this past month. I mean, with, with both barrels. I mean, just people from my past home, you know why I don't like you? You know what I mean? I'm like, who is this? Everything, but you know why I don't like you? Because of blah, blah, blah. Even people that I thought were really close to me began to hang on. So I knew when I pull on one string of Jezebel, that whole cord breaks. I mean, her job to stay in power and to keep the men of God from being what God wants them to be. Okay? And uh, I want to tell you a dream uh, that I had that I uh, told Pastor Christ maybe about um, 
maybe about a month and a half ago now, that I had a dream that we were back at the hotel in Atlanta, and I had never attended the church, but this particular situation, I'm there, I'm sitting in a congregation, we were enjoying the service, past the private preacher. And all of a sudden, he looks over everybody in the crowd, and he was like, you, get out of here now. So I'm thinking like, you know, I turn around and I'm looking like, who was he talking to? Well, there was a man and a woman sitting back, like two old people. They got up and metamorphosized into Ahab and Jezebel. I mean, you know, not Ahab and Jezebel, it was Oprah actually and Tyler Perry. Okay, they actually stood up in the back of the church. And um, the price was like, get out of here now. I want you guys out of here. And they were arguing saying, you know, we're going to come here as often as we can. And Pastor Price around my time, so he's arguing with them and it went out the door. But when I told Pastor Price about this dream, he started laughing. He said, because that's spot on. He said, because they haven't Jezebel been trying to wreak havoc too with our ministry. So you see, she really is an enemy and she is the servant of the devil. She does not want Jesus Christ. And you know, this is important, so let's get in. I want to get in. My mouth is enough. We can get right into the word. So uh, let's go to uh, let's go to uh, 2 Kings chapter 9. All right, this is 2 Kings chapter 9. Let's look at verse 22. And it says, And it came to pass when Jerome saw Jehu, that he said, Is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, What peace? So long as the whoredoms of thy mother, Jezebel, and her witchcrafts are so many. So these are two attributes of Jezebel. I'm sure many of you have heard this already. But this is the two ways that Jezebel will come at you through whoredom and through witchcraft. You know, witchcraft is anything that is done in the right intentions. That's the scary things about facing our Lord one day is that he's not going to judge us just for what we did. He's going to judge us for why we did these things. You see, witchcraft can be done in very subtle ways, very easy ways, and Jezebel is no exception. Her thing is to, you know, by any means, gain the victory. So it says, and Joram turned his hands and said to Ahaziah, There is treachery, O Ahaziah. And Jehu drew a bow with his full strength and smote Jehoram uh, between his arms. And the arrow went out at his heart and sunk down in a chariot. So the name Jehu means Jehovah is he. Jehu type of Jesus Christ. Jehu is coming now to rid everyone of Jezebel and everything else associated with it. So it says, then said, I'm leaving the verse uh, then said Jehu to Bidkar, his captain, take up a gas tent in a portion of Nabal, the Jezreelite, to remember how that when I 
and had now arose again after Ahab his father, the Lord laid this burden upon him. Surely I have seen yesterday the blood of Nabal and the blood of his son, saith the Lord, and I will requite thee in this plot, uh, saith the Lord, and therefore take and cast him into the plot of ground according to the word of the Lord. But when Ahaziah the king of Judah saw this, he fled by the way of the garden house, and Jehu followed after him and said, Smite him also in the chariot. And they did so at the going up of her, uh, which is by Abelian, and he fled to Megiddo and died there. So you guys might have heard of the battle of Armageddon. Well, you know, the word Megiddo comes from the word Armageddon, which is the valley of Megiddo. This is symbolic for the coming back of Jesus Christ when he wants to do away with the enemy. And you're going to find even at the heart of this very thing, he's coming back to do battle with not just the Jezebel spirit, but with the principalities, with the world system concerning this matriarchal society that Jezebel has helped set up. So he says uh, in verse 28, and servants carried the chariot to Jerusalem and buried him in the sepulchre of his fathers in the city of David. And in the eleventh year of Joram, the son of David began Ahaziah to reign over Judah. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face and tied her head and looked out the window. So Jezebel knew that Jehu was coming to destroy everything, and as a last resort, she tries the seduction method that has worked so well for her in the past. So she put her hair on real nice and she covered herself, you know, in her makeup, because this is her last resort. So it says here in verse 31, and as Jehu entered in the gate, she said, I had Zimri who slew his master. And he looked up his face the window and said, Who was on my side? And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs. And he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, and he trolled her underfoot. So as you can see, our God is uncompromising. Our God can be bought. And the men of God have to be that way as well. Notice what he said to the eunuchs was, who is on my side? And they had no allegiance to Jezebel whatsoever because you can't seduce a eunuch. And I'm talking spiritually here. You can't seduce a eunuch. A eunuch had no more allegiance to Jezebel when the Lord will ask, who is on my side? And this is one of those points we can get when subduing the flesh, trusting Jesus Christ, having our hearts set after him, that this spirit can get to you. Because the only man that will tolerate a Jezebel spirit is an Ahab spirit. If we have no residue of, of uh, Ahab in us, then we won't have Jezebel work her way in. Jezebel, uh, you know, when you serve Baal, the uh, term Bailey, which you might have seen in the Bible, or Baal comes from two characters in the Bible. So Baal is plural. You have Baal, who is the sun god, who is the male deity, who is considered a conqueror, a great hunter. And then you have Aphrodite or, or Ashtoreth, if you see in the Bible, which is a doctrine. 
And this is where Jezebel, because these were her gods, that she holds both of those traits. She can be a warrior, maybe, and she can be a seductress. And this is how she works destroying the men of God. But if we put our trust in him and we desire him, she can't work her way in. But we've got to give all things over to Christ. We have to have our affections in line with him. Pastor Price taught a teacher a few years ago called Sanctified Feelings. And I mean, you know, that's truly what we need is to be sanctified. A lot of our things that we do daily are of God, but they got nothing to do with it. So we really have to be sanctified in our feelings because even since being snitched I'm saved, I've been snared myself by Jezebel's spirits. A few years ago, the Lord told me to cut people out of my life, certain people that were not going his way, past girlfriends, people that I kept as friends that I never pursued a relationship with after. You know, the Lord told me cut them off. And I remember going to do that. And the first attack came was to just how can you do this? We've been friends for a long time. Don't you love me? I mean, this is so cold. And, you know, I began to, well, you know, I guess it's not too bad if we stay friends. You know? <laughs> man, you see those tears and it's like, man, if you don't have Christ in you, you're going to melt like butter. So I fell for the trick. Only to get a knife in my back, only to find myself in situations I had no business being in. And then crying out to the Lord, saying, Lord, now that you show me this, I'm not going to do this again. So you really got to have sanctified feelings. Because Jezebel with your emotions. It's just like that no good man that'll tell you, you know, you look like the sun setting on the waterfall in the springtime. Why? Because he's interested, he wants something. But once he gets what he wants, you know, his true intentions come out. He's got nothing to do with it. He doesn't want you. So you see, Jezebel and, and Ahab, they are self-serving. And you see how Jesus Christ dealt with it here, or Jacob, I want to say. He didn't have any regard for her whatsoever. He ran over her because of her unwillingness to want to yield to the Lord. God's got a strong will. And if we don't you know, he says, if you fall on me, you'll be broken. But if I fall on you, I will grind you to power. So I hope God does not change. He is not compromised. And the men of God need to be the same way concerning the Jezebel spirit in every other day. All right, so he says in verse uh, 34, And when he was come, he did eat and drink, and so go see now this cursed woman. And bury her, for she is a king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found uh, no more of her than the skull and the feet, the palms of her hands. So this tells you here that the Jezebel spirit is still walking around, the spirit is still thinking, and her hands are still working. What's interesting about this is if you go to um, Verse 6 and 16, the Bible says six things does the lady and seven are an abomination. The Bible talks about there the wicked imagination. You know, the things that get us into trouble that we have that are opposite of what God wants. You know, and then he talks about the hands that shed innocent blood. 
You see, the Jezebel is not learning this teaching. This is what she's all about. And then we get to the part of think that are swift to run into mischief. And, you know, Jezebel, this is how she lives. Jezebel will sit back and watch a bunch of saints get together and do God's will. And will look for little openings that she can inject her lies and her ideas. She'll see two brothers even maybe have a disagreement on a scripture and just kick back and say, okay, I found my opening. And she'll sit there all night, you know, just to see some sort of mischief take place. So when the brothers divide, one says, all right, I'm going to my room. The other says, okay, have a Oh, Jezebel, see, how you like the conference? Yeah, it was good, you know. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah you know, um, yeah, I noticed a disagreement you had the other night, and I just want to tell you that you were right. You were, you were 100% right. He had no business talking to you like that. You know, because I understand that you're really that type of man that sees the truth, and this is what we need to be back by. You see, and if that man is not going to be back, if he's got a bit of residue of Ahab in him, he's going to bite the fruit, you know, and he's going to fall and then he'll be looking at his brother that he's supposedly loves, you know, with suspicion now. He's got a point to prove because Jezebel's staring, so he wants to impress her. He's more sight of the goal that God put him on is to represent Christ. So Jezebel will steer you out of the ways of the Lord. So as we already talked about, she is feeble. Okay, she's subtle in her attacks. She doesn't really come as a roaring lion. So let's go to uh, 1 Kings 21, as we talk about Jezebel, the liar. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, Lord, First Kings 21, and look at verse 1, it says, And it came to pass after these things that both the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, uh, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me a vineyard that I, uh, that I may uh, have it for a garden of herbs, because Oh, oh, okay, because it is the answer, because it is the uh, unto my house, and I will give thee uh, it for a better vineyard than it. Or, or if it seems good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. You know, the funny thing about the name Naboth, does anybody know what it means in here? The name Naboth means fruit. Now, you see, this is another attack of Jezebel that will happen is, you know that God as Brother Rashid taught yesterday wants us to be fruitful. Jezebel is that wild weed that grows up next next to the fruit to try and destroy it. So Naboth means fruits. So look at verse 3, and Naboth said unto Ahab of the So Naboth said unto Ahab uh, the Lord forbid, forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee, 
And Ahab came into the house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. Now this is pathetic. You know, you got the king that is supposed to be the king that is so greedy that he wants this man's inheritance. Something that had been in his family for a long time. You know, this vineyard that, that uh, Ahab wants is really your inheritance in mind. This is another thing is that Ahab has also no desire to follow the Lord because God deals with men. The Bible tells us in First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, um, verse 6 and verse 9, he says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers shall inherit the kingdom of God. So you see on there, you've got the abusers of themselves with mankind, that is homosexuality, and you've got the effeminate man, which is the man that's not like God, that is sought to the touch, weak in nature, and chooses to go in through the back door instead of coming to you at the front. So this is the type of uh, spirit that wants to take the inheritance from men. He wanted the vineyard. He wanted everything that God wants to give him because Ahab wanted to live a life after self. Ahab is concerned for Ahab. God is selfless. Jesus Christ lived selfless. Jesus Christ lowered himself as a servant to meet the needs of the people of God. The Antichrist is the exact opposite. The Antichrist is selfish, self-willed, self-designed. So he's got no regard, not even for the woman that he may be with, but he's got no regard for the Lord either. So you see, here's a struggle over a vineyard that totally belonged to Naboth because he was a man of God. And Ahab wants the vineyard his own selfish purposes. You see, Ahab and Naboth are a type of you and me. One is the new man that clings on to eternity. And then there's the old man that cares about his money. Okay? So it says, uh, look at verse 5, but Jezebel his wife came to him and said unto him, why is thy spirit so sad uh, uh, that thou eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I have not, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel his wife said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread, and let thy heart be merry. And I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So you see, she had to pump him up because he wasn't man enough to face another man that was serious about his inheritance. So he sent Jezebel, or she chose to volunteer to work for him. And if you look at the story a little bit deeper, this is how you got the men that use women. You know, Jezebel, uh, Ahab does use Jezebel when it's convenient for him. He'll tell her things that he can't handle, and she'll go right to work. So she's his attack dog. 
You know, because she's also the attack, the attack of the Antichrist. So anyway, it says in Jezebel, uh, verse 8, it says, um, yes, in verse 8, so she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters saying, proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. So notice, Jezebel forged Ahab's name. She's a forger and she's a liar. But she also said to proclaim a fast as if she's a woman of God. You know, as if her intentions were good. This tells you something about Ahab, even in the church setting. And Jezebel, they'll sing, they'll praise, they'll love the Lord, you know. And I agree with Pastor Price. If the devil were in here right now, you would like him because he's going to appeal to your flesh. So she came and said, proclaim a fast as if she stands for the Lord. I thought she was a servant of Baal. You see, but when it's convenient for Jezebel, she knows how to switch over to meet the needs of her agenda. So it says in verse 10, and set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. So as you can see, she's cold-blooded. And she sent these two sons of Belial. You know the interesting thing about these two sons, because I believe they play out many times in the Bible. You know, there's always a governmental system, and then there's a religious system that hates the people of God. And, you know, Jezebel, I believe, controls both, because if she was just a religious system, she wouldn't be trying to run for president and push all these homosexual laws and things against her. So, you see, she works behind the scenes for both. So she's got these two, these two children of Belial. You know, I can't necessarily say this is what it means, but, you know, I believe that this is government and religion. Here. I believe that in order for to gain the allegiance of the people, she had to go religious and tell the people to claim a fast or proclaim a fast, but then she also forged in the king's name as law to get her agenda pushed. So anyway, it says um, in verse 11, and the men of the city, even the elders and the nobles who were the inhabitants of in his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them, and as it was written in the letters which she sent unto them, they proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And there came uh, the two men, children of Belial, children of the devil, and sat before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones, and he died. So as you can see, Jezebel is cold-blooded. Jezebel is a liar and a murderer. And you see, these two sons of Belial, Jezebel usually walks with an entourage. She usually keeps them spread out. One is not good enough for her. She's got to go and influence others. And how she does this is she avoids the leadership of the church or the group. She sneaks in through the back and she tries to create an army within an army. If we've got any residue of that in us, then we need to cry out to the Lord and ask that it be removed because 
God hates sin, no doubt. But God's got a special place in his heart for Jezebel. He can't stand the Jezebel spirit. Because, you know, Jezebel is that wild root that grows up alongside the wheat. And, you know, she's always going to be there. What moved the Pharisees when they came against Jesus? It was that Jezebel spirit. It was that effeminate man. It was that Jezebel Ahab coalition. And that's why no matter where Jesus went, they were. Jesus went to Capernaum. Hey, Pharisees in Capernaum? Jesus went here or there. No matter where he was, they just happened to take the trick to go out of their way to try and snare and entangle Jesus for the sake of, you know, trying to meet their agenda as units of Jezebel. So the Jezebel spirit is really something, guys. I mean, and the very fact that she could kill this man and feel nothing for him, do you know what she would do to a saint today? Do you know how she wouldn't hesitate to try and destroy you? And I mean, you know, there's that diva spirit which comes out of Buddhism that is also the Jezebel spirit. When you stomp it with your high heels and there's nothing wrong with feeling good about yourself, but you know when you're proud, you know it's just in that place. And you got to look at yourself in the mirror and mirror <laughs> make sure you got it together. I mean, that sort of thing is not a God. It's not a God. And if you let it stay with you and you become self-conscious, you will no doubt bear fruit with Ahab or Jezebel. That's the only way it can go. If you're not following Christ, they're option number two. And they will be more than happy to take you so that they can do the devil's will. And you know, one of the other things about God too is, and why we got to make sure the spirit is not with us, because the true gospel does not appeal to your flesh. The true gospel tells you everything about you. It puts you on blast. Okay, and you've got to have that desire to want to change and be right. The gospel does not appeal to your flesh. Anybody preaching a fleshly gospel to you, it's Ahab and Jezebel trying to get you in the flesh because they wait to just take hold on you and do their will through you. We've got to be smarter than that because they have no regard for the people of God. They are self-willed. They are, I, I agree with Pastor Price, Adam and Eve. You know, Adam and Eve going wild. That's what they've become. And we need to be born again in Christ to get back in line with what he wants. So I want to go to another place. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 5. I also want to mention something, too. Um, I looked up the name. Uh, you guys remember David's uh, wife, that was Saul's daughter, uh, Michal, Michal, Michal. You remember that when David was on the run from Saul, that Michal, she loved David. She even defended him. She hid him. They ran away together. I mean, well, she, she let him run away, and she always had his back. But the funny thing is, is that when she saw one day, Mark coming into the city, in uh, Second King, uh, Second Samuel, chapter six, you know, and she saw David praising the Lord. <laughs> you know, that turned her heart against the Lord. She she couldn't even see the goodness in what God had done. Her name means uh, who is like God, the same thing as Michael. But if you look a little deeper in the Hebrew, the word is derived, and it can also mean brook or stream or dubious. Now, you know that dubious is like can't be trusted, you know, like you can't, 
you know, it can turn here and it can turn there. It can do this or it can do that. But as you can see, Jezebel, this is another thing concerning her. Her ways are not the same. She switches up constantly. And that throws you off. Have you guys ever been with a Jezebel spirit or even a good friend? That, you know, their ways switch up all the time where you can't tell if you're the victim or if they're victimizing you. You know, you, you take fault for everything that's going wrong and you're like, man, you know, am I at fault yet? Because I know they did me wrong, but why am I feeling bad about the situation? But you see, this is what Jezebel does. Her ways are movable. And if she says sorry, don't believe it. She will not. She doesn't mean it. Trust me. She'll tell you she love you, and then she'll ask you for a hundred dollars. You know, but the thing is, is uh, <laughs> so let's go to Proverbs five and let's look at verse one. Proverbs 5, let's look at verse 1. He says, My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as in honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. You know, Proverbs talks about two women. It talks about wisdom, which is the bride of Christ which you and I should have as a sister or, you know, help me that's drawn to us, that lead us, you know, in the ways of God. And then there is the strange woman, which is the Jezebel spirit, which is the false church or false religion that intends to pull us away from the will of God. So he's describing here the strange woman, which is a Jezebel spirit, no doubt. It says that her mouth or her lips or as a drop of a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. This is another way that the Jezebel spirit can get in, and I've seen it happen even with young women, is that they learn that they can manipulate if they say the right things to gain control. You know, I remember my sisters and I were getting into fights when we were kids, and, um, you know, my sister would be there, big, bold, brazen, arguing with me, do all these different things. And then all of a sudden, when my dad would walk through the door, she would run to the door with tears. Oh, dad, Derek did this to me. You know, he did that. And I'm sitting there thinking like, you know, you were just bold and big and bad a moment ago, but now, you know, you're, you're saying what's necessary so I can get my butt whipped. But you see, this is Jezebel's words, even in the workplace, even when you got the secretaries, you know, Oh, Larry, can you file these for me? You know, I mean, that sort of thing is just to get people to fall in line with what you want to do. And when you learn that you become good at it, Jezebel steps in and she takes you to a whole nother level. So you see, you've got to be even sincere with your compliments because Jezebel's spirit is going to tell you anything. You've got to get to the place of, why are they being so nice? You know, it's almost like they're fattening you up for the kill. I mean, you got to have discernment to see what God is telling you so that you can do what he wants you to. So, you know, she's a cop. She compliments. Look at verse 4. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as two-edged sword. And you see, once she achieves her agenda, she'll turn on you. 
And you know, that's the thing that um, I was looking up the other day, a sociopath. And I don't know if you guys ever heard of that, but the sociopathic spirit, the Jezebel spirit called one, they have no feelings. They have victims. They don't have friends. They've got people they can use, but they really have no regard for you. So her her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life, her ways are movable that thou canst not know them. So Jezebel switches up because she doesn't want you to be aware of her attacks. You know, she may try the same thing a few times and, you know, it may work. But if you decide to get slick and smart, then comes the tears. You know, then comes the, the bold and aggressive nature. You know, then, then comes whatever it takes to gain control. And you see a lot of people have been with people like this with movable ways. You know, one minute they love you, the next minute they don't even know who you are. And you don't even know who they are. You know, they, they never truly are genuine with their promises. Come on, ladies. I mean, you've heard this from men. You've heard a lot of men promise you things that they never meant to fulfill because of the fact that they're trying to meet their agenda. And even with the men, you know, how many women have said they'll be with you no matter what? Go with you through the fire, only that they may see the fire and turn back from you and leave you on your lonesome. Why? Because she's got what she needed for her. So this is where we got to be careful because her ways are movable. You'll never figure out fully a Jezebel spirit. We've got to rely on the discernment of the Holy Spirit to be able to detect it and know it. Okay, she's a great imitator. So he says, Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the word of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh the door of her house. So, you know, the Lord doesn't even want us talking to her. Okay, once you recognize what one is, you need to distance yourself from her and draw closer to him. Because just like Eve thought, because Satan himself has feminine nature, she thought that she could just engage the serpent and believe what God says. But you see, his mouth is smoother than oil. You know, and he began to talk to her and turn her away from what God wanted. And when she saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, then she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her. And he gave So this is another attack, not just of Satan, but of the Jezebel spirit. It's through the lust of the eyes, it's through the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. If we were to act absent ourselves from these things, we won't have any trouble. But you know that's easier said than done. And that's why we've got to die out to self to become alive to Jesus Christ. You know, um, the lust of the eyes. What's the lust of the eyes? You know, our eyes tend to look at a lot of things that, you know, we find pleasurable, but we've got to ask ourselves, is it of the Lord? Is it what he wants for us? Because your eyes can deceive you. If it looks good, then naturally I should want it. The lust of the flesh are those things that you think you can't live without. It's what normal, carnal people seek after. They're not looking for a higher place in Christ. They're looking for the here and now, like... I will uh, admit 
that when uh, Pastor Price and Mega Ministries wanted to have this 10-day fast, I was telling some of the brothers that, you know, I've had long fasts, but not 10 days, you know, with no food or whatever, but it taught me something, that I'm a glutton, because you don't need food like that to live. You really don't. You know, I was under the impression, like, as long as you eat, like, once every two days, you should be okay. But, you know, I remember six days in counting that the Lord was just, you know, just pushing me, like, come on, we can do this. And I remember I got home from work one day, because that's where all your problems start. When you're at home, you're good. When you go off to work, nice deli shop across the street, and I'm like, man, I want a sandwich. But I had to pray to try and, you know, Lord, remove that from me. So I waited till the deli closed, and I started feeling better. I get home, and the spirit is riding me, and, um, you know, I got bags of chips up in my cupboard. So I was like, man, I've gone six days. I can have a chip, right? So I took the chips down, and I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, you know, so I was like, all right. So, you know, I went to bed. When I woke up that morning, I was able to go and grab the chips and put them back in the cupboard and put them away. But you see, this is all about resisting the devil, and he will flee from you. But you see, this spirit will stay on you and will ride you and hang around you just to see where your weakness is. If you look at Samson and Delilah, you notice that uh, Delilah herself, it says that she pressed him daily with her words until he was vexed unto death. And then finally he told her all that was in his heart. You know that's all that Jezebel's spirit wants from you? She wants to know what's in your heart because she's going to take that and use it on you. A lot of people can't feel good about themselves unless they see there's something wrong with you. Then they get to play doctor. But what they're looking for is another method of control to take over. So they can use that against you. Like, yeah, your dad's an alcoholic. You know, blah, blah, blah. This went on, that went on. So they, they try and, like, gain stuff to hang on to you, you know, that you can seek after them. Jezebel is a hunter. So let's move uh, to Proverbs 5, I mean, Proverbs 7. Proverbs 7, and let's look at verse 1. But you see, the pride of life, I didn't get into that. The pride of life is, you know, who you think you are. And you see, the ways of the flesh are not appealing when you preach the gospel to people because they still want to be somebody. You see, that's another way that Jezebel works. So she even has a sense that you want to be somebody. She's going to float that ego, you know, until you become her victim. What's the goal? If I turn you away from Christ, I get to dominate you. I think the pride of life is the biggest problem for Christians. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes have their place. The pride of life, man. What will I be if I give the reins over to Jesus? What kind of man will I be considered in society or woman if I give it all over to Jesus? That's the thing that we can't. Care about. We've got to grow in the faith and let the chips fall where they may. When you see Jezebel can't seduce someone and sold out to Christ because you don't even matter to yourself. You're dead to self and you're alive to Christ, and that's all you know. And you marry who the Lord tells you to marry. You work what He tells you to work. You do what He tells you to do. 
And that's what it truly means to be saved, is to have the Lord govern your life. Okay? So let's look at Proverbs 7, look at verse 1. He says, My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments. Keep my commandments and live, and my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the tables of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy king's woman. So as you can see, it's not just enough that we know the word of God. We've got to live it. The truth has got to be lived. The spirit of God has got to be in so that it can take a hold of us and we can grow through. That you can keep me from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Guys, words are important. Words are so important. What we take in every day Man is only meant to do one thing. Is it meant to either glorify God or turn your heart away from him? And the devil knows this. That's why he's got the radio waves blasted. That's why he's got the TV on. That's why he's filling these kids' heads, these heads with filth. Because if he can demoralize you, then he can get you to do what he wants you to. So you see, this strange woman, she flatters with her lips. If you're dead to Christ, what difference does it make? Look at verse 6. For at the window of my house, I look through my casement, and behold, among the simple ones, I discern among the youths a young man full of understanding. So this young man is ignorant. He doesn't know about God. He's just living his life. He's just wandering. He's your average schmo, you may as well say. He doesn't have any understanding here. It says, passing through the streets, uh, near, her, near her corner, and he went away to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. So what we understand here is this guy's roaming around aimless. He's in the dark. He's got no lights. So, you know, who meets him naturally? That woman with the attire of a harlot. Again, Jezebel has two gods. She's got Ashtoreth, which is the seducer, but then she's got Baal, who is the hunter. You see, she's on the prowl. She's walking around looking for unstable souls. This is how the Jezebel and Ahab spirit even work in churches. Because you see, when you are not ready to receive the gospel of Christ, you got a lot of hunters and seducers in the pulpit. And their job is to make you conform to them and become a part of what they want, but they'll never turn into Jesus Christ because that's bad for their pocketbooks, okay? So it says here, uh, she is loud. Oh, no, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's got the attire of a harlot, but she's subtle of heart. So first she's gonna try and work you over through her subtlety, but just as Catherine work, I want you to see what I've got. So hopefully that'll draw you into Jezebel, she's armed and extremely dangerous. She's ready to meet every need to win her victories. She's and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. You know, um, this is one of those things where if we know as women, you know, that you've got that spirit, you got the truth to be the Lord because a loud and stubborn woman God won't work with you know, he sets his weapons against her. The 
because she won't fall in line with proper headship. And this isn't just a woman thing. This is a man thing. These are men that won't even sit up under proper headship and follow the Lord because they want to do their own thing. Now, the Ahab spirit is a lot like Jezebel also in the fact that you'll see brothers join together and naturally him become self-conscious and try and live up to it. And if he can't live up to it, the next thing is to push brothers down and lift themselves up. That's what the Ahab spirit does. So we're not just talking about Jezebel. I think it's the same spirit, just one male and the other one female. But you see, that's a that's a bad thing when you can't even dwell and be happy for brethren in the Lord and, and desire him. But we've got to cut one another up. And this is this is how it works. That's a weak spirit. So it says in verse 12, now is she without now in the streets and lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him and uh, with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me this day. So you see, she's coming with peace offerings. You know, how did they say the Antichrist is going to come? With peace. And through peace, he will destroy men. If you look at Daniel chapter 11, the Bible even tells you that, you know, the Antichrist would come and with flattery, he would conquer men. So you see, that's also a part of the Jezebel spirit and the Antichrist spirit is the feminine spirit. Okay, and this is why you've got an effeminized society today that, that works this way. No one can tell the truth to one another anymore. Everyone has to be politically correct. That's not politeness. That's the effeminate spirit that is the Jezebel spirit and the Ahab spirit. The devil wants you to forget about truth to make other people feel good. But his agenda is to set you on a collision course with the Lord. You know, and that's what it means when it talks about her feet take hold on hell. So we've got to, you know, obey God. So uh, where am I? Verse 15. It says, therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. And I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works of the fine linen of Egypt. Now notice these things are of Egypt. Egypt is a type of world. How does this Jezebel spirit and this world spirit get to us? It entices us. You know, it allows us, it markets to us. It tries to get us in line with them because the spirit wants you in bed with, not, not like, you know, just bed, bed, but to get you in, a, in line, you know, in line with it. Now, where I work, I teach seventh and eighth grade, and I can feel what this spirit is trying to work on me in the workplace, trying to get me to shut my mouth. Trying to get me to say things that, you know, or, or agree with things that are not of the Lord. And I made it very clear, you know, a few years ago that if I'm going to get into this thing, I've got to be here for Christ for no other reason. Because, you know, they want to tell you, I remember there was a, a student that came into our school that, I mean, he's a young kid that has a... Um, you know, mental issues. And this kid supposedly, that's a boy, wants to be a girl now. And you know that that kid didn't come up with that conclusion on their own, that that had to come directly from the parents. But you know, there was a word sent out that we ought to name this child a new name. And I told them straight out, I'm not going to do it. 
I'm going to call him by his name, or I will just give him something, or just say, hey, you. It's not in my classroom, but this thing is growing. And we've got to decide what we're going to put up with and what we're going to stand for, because the devil just wants to close your mouth so that he can, um, you know, pour water on your fire. But this is all falling in subjection to the Jezebel spirit. So, you know, half of them know what the word was. Don't come to me with that, man, because I'm going to tell you what's what. And I've already settled into my heart and mind that, you know, I don't live here. I'm just passing through. And when you have that focus on what the Lord wants you to do, man, God is going to see to it that you make it. But, you know, we got to really care about what's in our heart because Jesus says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So we've got to be sold out to him. But you see, this Jezebel spirit is laying it on thick. And when she decked her bed, the coverings and tapestry, carved works, fine linen of Egypt, and have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. So not only does it look good, it smells good. That's why you can't trust in your senses. You've got to trust in the Spirit of God. Because if you allow your senses to lead you, it's going to be like James 3, where it talks about, you know, earthly, sensual, and lastly, devilish, which is demonic. The devil's got to get you into the world, into the here and now. And then he's got to work on you sensually through your feelings. And then lastly, he leads you onto the demonic. So that's what we need to be aware of. So it says in verse uh, 18, she says, Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Uh, let us solace ourselves with loves. For the good man is not at home. He is gone a long journey. So this woman's married. And she's looking for opportunities to creep out on her husband. You want to know something even scarier about this? This is a type of Jesus Christ. Our good man, we're the bride of Christ, we're not in Harlem. Our good man is not at home. He's on a long journey, but he's coming back. And how will he catch us? What will we be seeing like? Will we have Ahab and Jezebel in us? Will we be alive to the world and dead to Christ? Or will we be alive to Christ? and dead to the world. This is what we've got to focus on because you see, this is describing the harlot, which is Jezebel, and it is Ahab, those who are self-willed, those who don't want Christ, those who are Christians, as long as we're in a Christian atmosphere, but when it's all said and done, how are we really living? What do we really do? These are the corners and crevices that Jezebel and Ahab want to walk into. This is how they take control of your life. If the light of the body of the eye, you know, if the light in the eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If the light that is in the eye be darkness, how great is that darkness? We've got to be transparent with the Lord. And we're going to serve him. Because if there's any residue, Jezebel and Ahab will see that and they'll lead you away from what the Lord wants us to. So she says the good man is not at home. He's on a long journey. He have taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. Will our Lord not come back on the day appointed? He will. And it says with her much fair speech, 
She caused him to yield with the flattering of her lips. She forced him. Uh, he goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the studs. So this guy is totally ignorant, you know, yielding to his own death and having pleasure in it. You can't get more cold than that. To have pleasure in your own destruction. That's what Jezebel comes to do. And that's what Ahab does. But it, it makes clear here that, you know, um, let's see, uh, verse 23. It says, till a dart strike through his liver as a bird, hasteth to a snare, and knoweth not that it was for his life. That's why the Bible tells us to flee, you fool us. To flee fornication, because you see, there's nothing wrong with, with running away from the trouble. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I know sometimes we think, I'm stronger in the Lord, I can handle this, I can yield to this. But God knows how much you can bear, and he'll always make a way of escape to deal with this. But the question is whether or not you really want to go. Because you can only get snared with what your heart is attached to. That's it. God always makes a way. I remember hanging out with friends or, you know, uh, desiring to. You know when you got those weak moments and the devil tries to tell you to check up on somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time. Somebody he told you to leave alone. And what happened? You get on the phone, begin to engage them. Sounds like they're doing good. Sounds like, man, I, I missed their friendship. And what happens? The devil was slow trying, oh, what's, what you doing today? Yeah, let's hang out. This is how it works. But you've got to yield to God's voice to tell you, man, hang up that phone. Don't even answer it. Don't even think about it again. Get on your face before me. Okay, or go hang out with some real brethren and sisters in the Lord. So, you know, this man had no idea that it was for his own life. And if you've got a Jezebel spirit in the midst, you've got to believe that her job is to destroy you as well. Don't play it out any different. See for what it is. And if you're a Jezebel spirit and you want to be set free, and you know you've got the spirit, then throw yourself into the Lord. He will take care of it. An interesting thing about those hands and those feet and, that, and the, uh, the skull, those were the five places that Jesus Christ was pierced on the cross, which means he even took Jezebel to the cross. Okay, so he can overcome all things if we give all things unto Jesus Christ. Let's go to Matthew 14. And then a little bit, you know, I'm going to... Um, read an article about identifying this spirit. Because, I mean, it, it's craftier than, than you think. She's, she's something else, man. This is Matthew 14. And let's look at verse 1. It says, At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do he shoot, uh, do shoot forth themselves in him. And Herod had uh, laid hold of John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. 
So an interesting thing about Herodias, Herodias means the same thing as Herod. It means heroic. Jezebel is very heroic because she lives a reckless life. So she's not just a servant. She's also pretty heroic. Okay, and there are a lot of men that are not ready for that. They find themselves backing down. But like I said earlier, you're going to find that Jezebel is just a scared girl. Usually when you find a woman that walks around seeking power and control, making alliances with anybody to turn against authority, it's usually because that girl has lost authority in her life and suffered pain and hurt. And you see, what's really driving the Jezebel spirit is, I'm not going to have that happen to me anymore. My dad left me, my husband left me, you know, my, my husband beat me, or, you know, guys abused me. So now I've got to cook up a plan to be strong and to show the world I'm strong, but deep down I'm really scared. And you see, that's why you've got to get that fear under control and give it all to Christ, because fear will make you do some insane things. Fear will make you look at a brother and call him an enemy because you're worried about yourself. But Jesus Christ makes us whole. So he says, uh, for Herodias has said, But John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when uh, Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath, to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she being up before instructed of her mother, said, give me here John the Baptist's head on a charger. You know, I heard Pastor Price say this many times, and I heard him say it last night also, that, you know, witches love to use whores to meet their objective. You know, that if, if, uh, if uh, witches are the right hand, then the whores are the jab that set you up for the right hand. Now notice, she's got her daughter dancing for Herod's birthday, and she's not tap dancing, okay? She's, she's you know, trying to please Herod well. And this is the thing where, you know, now that Herod's been enticed, because at one point he would never even come up against John the Baptist, now he's asking her, what will I do for thee? And you see, the girl had to go to her mother, the whore had to go to the witch and say, what is it that you want? And her whole purpose was John the Baptist's head on a charger. She didn't care about, you know, Philip. She didn't care about Herod. All she wanted was power. She wanted to marry King Herod, even though it was unlawful to do, but she used her daughter to set it up. And this is why, man, if we allow ourselves to be enticed, we're going to be on a collision course with the Lord. So it says uh, in verse 9, And the king was sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake. And then which sat him, I mean with him, at me, he commanded it to be given to her. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. And the head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. What kind of individual would want someone's head? This tells you something about the Jezebel spirit. Like I said, by all means, she will take the victory. If she can seduce you, your head's already on a charger. Now, a lot of men have been compromised like Herod. 
A lot of men have. A lot of men have promised women things that they know that they didn't mean. And a lot of people have, you know, uh, joined up with things that they knew that it wasn't in their heart to do that God was telling them otherwise. You know, don't be compromised like Herod to say, well, now that I've already made the promise, I've got to confess it or I've got to stay with it. You got to ask yourself, does it glorify God the promises that you made? Because if it doesn't, then you can break it. Then you can get yourself free to do what Jesus Christ wants you to. Because, you know, in my walk, and a lot of this is speaking from my experience, I felt bound in situations that I shouldn't have been in, where God might have even told me to leave certain women alone. But, you know, I didn't promise to marriage. I promised to have a family. I promised that we could do all these things together. But God was telling me that's not the woman for you. You know, now, it would be better to confess the truth and admit that just to say, hey, you know what? I know I promised you a lot of things, and you're probably going to call me a lot of names, but this ain't right, and I got to get myself free. You only sin before God, and he's the only one that you owe, you know, that, that you need to get it right with. So don't allow yourself to be compromised, because you see, Herod didn't really want to kill John. He did this because of the promise that he made, and he let his own lust get the better of him. As men, we got to disconnect that. We've got to be set free. We've got to give our heart first to Christ, and he'll give your heart to who he wants it to, your brethren, that we can be right and serve him. I know we don't have much time, so, you know, uh, I want to go to Revelation. No, no. Uh, I want to go to uh, Jeremiah 3. Jeremiah 3, and if you can, get Jeremiah 5. I just want to make two quick points here. Now, as uh, Pastor Price and Brother Rashid was talking about, about being baptized in the Spirit, you know, that hasn't happened for some of us. And we're going to even find out why. Because there's a lot of things that God wants to give us. But you see, your heart's not really in line with Him. Like being baptized in the Spirit sounds like a good idea. It sounds like something that we need. And man, it's great to speak with tongues. And it's great to be empowered by the Spirit to do God's will. But you see, you've got to have a heart in line with the Lord. You've got to be sincere. Because getting baptized in the Spirit is just one part of it. You've got to live the life of salvation. And you can't do it when your heart is connected. Like, of course, the caterpillar wants to fly, wants to get out of that cocoon and fly. But you can't help it out. You know, it's the struggle that it takes in that cocoon to give that that uh, butterfly the ability to fly the rest of its days. So you see, we have to go through struggle. We've got to press in. God needs to know that you're serious and that you will hold nothing before them. That's how we get the gifts. That's how we get what the Lord wants us to, because God doesn't deal with whores. He bought us in the whorehouse, okay? And every now and then, he's got to stop us from peeking in the window, too, you know? But he's not going to marry a whore. He's looking for a bride. So look at Jeremiah 3, look at verse 1. He says, they say, if a man put away his wife and she go from him and become another man's, Shall, uh, shall he return unto her again? 
Shall not that land be greatly polluted? But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, yet return again to me, saith the Lord. So you see, God has feelings, but we have feelings very similar to him. We don't like to be cheated on. We don't like to do people wrong. But we don't need to treat the Lord that way either. Because whatever we think we feel in our hearts, our God is long-suffering. I mean, he, he feels it. Look at verse 2. Lift up thy eyes unto the high places and see where thou hast been lying with. In the ways that thou set for them, uh, as the Arabian in the wilderness, and thou hast polluted the land with thy borders and with thy wickedness. Now, you know he's speaking to Israel here, but look at what he says in verse 3. Therefore the showers have been withholding, and there have been no latter rain. And thou hast a horse for them, and thou refusest to be ashamed. This is what Jezebel does. Jezebel has a horse forehead, and everyone that's in line or with her spirit will have one too. He says the showers will be withholding. The showers are a type of Holy Ghost. There were two rains that fell in Israel. There was the former rain, which was the growing for the crops, and then there was the latter rain just before the harvest, which was the maturing of the crops. But if we've got four's foreheads, we can't get the spirit that God wants us to have. So we've got to lay it all on him because he's withholding the showers. The same thing he did in 1 Kings 17 when Jezebel and Ahab had taken over, that God withheld the showers for three and a half years. There was no outpouring of the spirit. There was no way to really get the goods of God to mature because of the Ahab Jezebel spirit. Well, here we're looking at the same thing, the whore's forehead, the thing that needs to be subdued, the mind that needs to be renewed in Christ, the person that needs to be changed in order to reap the benefits of a full harvest. Aren't you tired of being hot and cold, strong and weak, bold and courageous and then afraid? Jezebel and Ahab want to keep you from serving God and getting the fullness that is of Jesus Christ. He's the hunter, she's the whore. They seduce. They turn you away from God. They tell you that there are things that are more important. If I'm married, you know, and I got kids, I can't just give God time like that. That's a lie. Examine your life and look around and see what you do put in place of God when he's not there. God will work with you if we turn our hearts and our minds to him. You've got to give it to him. Because you know what? We couldn't take care of our wives, husbands, or children if we wanted to. It's the grace of God that allows those things to be. When your children are off to school and doing things, you know, and, and you don't know what's going on, but you know you pray and you trust in God. You pray that your husband's faithful. You pray that your wife holds the Lord above everything because this is what's going to be necessary in order to make it. You can't do it without Christ. And some people think the greatest sin in the world is, you know, maybe adultery or homosexuality and all these things. Though those are abominations, the greatest sin ever is a man who believes that he can manage his life without God. That's the greatest sin. That's the greatest sin. Your own will that won't yield to the Lord. So we've got to dig down deep and see what's in us. Because I can't speak for anybody else, but I don't want these showers to do what the book of Acts has done, what, what God calls us to it. 
Because you see, Paul says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor principalities nor powers and all these things can pluck us from the hand of God. But you see, you know what that means? That if we don't believe it, we can't have it. We've got to believe that Jesus Christ has got to become, he's got to be alive in us that we can fully serve him and do what he says. But if you've got Jezebel and Ahab in you, he's not even a consideration. You're going to find yourself backsliding, cheating on the Lord, giving him lukewarm time when really he deserves the best of us because after all, he made us. And we made as the temple of the living God, only men. Glorify God. Right. So, you know, uh, let's look at John chapter 5 real quick. I'm about to close. Jeremiah 5, let's look at verse 21. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 5 and 21 says, Hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes to see not, and have ears and hear not. Hear ye not me, saith the Lord? Will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the barrel of the sea uh, by perpetual decree, that it cannot pass it, and though the waves thereof toss themselves, Yet can they not prevail, though they roar, yet they cannot pass over. So as you can see, there's no getting around God. We've got to come straight forward if we want to be free. Look at verse 23. But this people have a revolting and a rebellious heart. They are revolted and gone. Neither say they in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God, that giveth rain both the former and the latter, in his season. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Your iniquities have turned away these things, and your sins have withholden good things from you. So as you can see, guys, it's our sin. God promises what he will do, but we've got to give it all over to him. Iniquities and your sins... They're keeping the glory of God from really being resurrected. Christ, yes, it's great to know the word, but it takes Christ in you to be a Christian. But if Jezebel sits in you, you'll never reach your fullness. If Ahab sits in you, you'll never reach your fullness. You've got to be real with God, confess what you've done, and reap the benefits of what God will give us. Because it's sin. It's the rebellion. It's the seduction. It's the lies of the devil that keep us from getting what God wants. Like I said, I can't speak for anyone else, but the Lord examines me in my life, you know, and some things hurt, but you know, it's a good hurt. Because now that I know that it's there, it can be taken away. Now that I know that I'm not who I built myself up to be or who Ahab or Jezebel told me that I am, now I'm due and fit for deliverance because I don't want that life. I don't want it anymore. And there's only one way to deal with a Jezebel spirit. She doesn't go away. You've got to cast her out. She's got to go. But it can't be done through an unwilling vessel. 
You've got to want to get rid of it. You've got to want to have an identity in Jesus Christ because that's the only identity that was meant to have or meant to be had for his creation. So last scripture I'm going to go to, Revelation 18. Let's go to Revelation 18, guys. And I want to read this thing real quick because I know we got to close. Okay, this is called 12 Warning Signs That a Person is Under the Influence of a Jezebel Spirit. Okay, it also mentions here that Jezebel is not a demon spirit solely, just assigned to women, but it's also a principality, and it can inhabit man or woman, but it prefers women. So these are the 12 indicators of a Jezebel spirit at work. This is one. It says, people influenced by a spirit of Jezebel have fear issues of rejection. They control others so that they will not be hurt. Generally, there is a history of trauma or abuse. So as you can see, we've got to be made whole in Christ because if not, you know, your past can revisit you. That's what they live in. Look at verse 2. They target, I mean, well, this is the second one. They target their headship. They offer to be their top assistant because they want their protection. Uh, it hides from the leader's views of manifest in front of others. This is three. It says they make commitments and promises quickly and use recommendations from others to impress others. And that's why we've got to examine the heart. This is four. It says they seem super spiritual in an exaggerated way to gain acceptance and attention. They have their own agenda. They are looking for disciples of their own. They whine until they get their way. This is five. They isolate and pick people against each other privately and individually behind closed doors. This is six. They play the victim. They are never wrong. They blame everyone else. They play on compassion to block discernment. You know, and that's how I got snared. Like I said, if Jezebel can't dominate you, she will seduce you. Okay? And those tears will come out as fake as they are. This is uh, seven. They use false humility and feel entitled or owed something. This is eight. They are not accountable to anyone and, and um, often accuse others of being a Jezebel spirit. Man, you know, and this is how the Pharisees were. Remember what uh, they called Jesus Beelzebub? And Jesus said, how much more will they call the master of the house? If they, I mean, will they call you the same thing? So Jezebel was just to point out someone else, you know? So this is something we've got to be aware of. This is not. They look for others who are hurt and wounded to mentor them, you know, beguiling unstable souls. This is 10. They accuse people falsely. This is 11. They operate with insecurity. And this is 12. They initiate witchcraft prayers based on selfish motivation. So you see, you know, there are people that will pray against you when you come against the Spirit. But we know in the Lord, 
Lord, as Pastor Price has said, and as it says in Isaiah 54, I believe in 17, that no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. If we put our trust in the Lord, that we're going to buy the devil and, and, and uh, cast him out. Because you see, he's looking for places to hide. And if these words have touched us, man, then, you know, let it, let it seep in. Let it hurt. You know why? Not to beat you down. But, you know, God wants you to be so sick of it that you want the right way. Because I didn't get into tonight what a failure means. A failure means afflicted of the Lord. So, you see, a failure, uh, you know, her story about the daughter of Jezebel, she killed all the young men in the family so that she can have, she can be queen. And Jezebel's spirit is even behind abortion. If you have committed that act in your life, which I have, you know, in my life, and um, it took the Lord to really deliver me from a spirit of murder. Because I remember the first time it happened, you know, though I was scared, I was scared, I wanted to have the baby, you know, because I knew I was already living in sin, and there's no point in doing worse. But the second time the act was committed, I began to say, like, well, you know, this ain't right, but, you know, I've done this before. And the third and final time that it happened with me, I remember there was a sort of coldness to it, kind of like picking my teeth, kind of like, you know, well, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. That's the Jezebel Ahab spirit, you know, and if you've done it in your life, then confess it and let the Lord remove it from you. Don't go before the throne of God this way. Get rid of it. Get rid of it and ask the Lord to cleanse your hands because, you know, I remember waking up at night, you know, seeing my children. You know, I remember waking up in cold sweats and tears and nightmares, wondering what my kids would be like. Would the Lord ever forgive me? You know, those are, oh, <laughs> man. Those are things that we got to be set free from. Because God is good. God is good, you know. And he can make it as if you had never said, you don't want to live with the hurt. Let him take it from you. Confess it. Don't look at it like, well, I was young and I didn't understand. You understand now. And you know full well what you've done. Confess it. Let the Lord take it from you so you can live a new life in Christ. Because I don't worry about that. You know, will I ever get married? That's up to the Lord. But you know what? My life right now is in Him. And I'm here to help other people. If you've done that, you've had these issues, don't be afflicted of God. And don't continue with the affliction. Hand it over. Let Him work with you. Because you see, a failure wouldn't stop until she was murdered. You don't want to be afflicted. Because if you don't love, you don't follow Christ, you know, he's got to fall on you. He's going to destroy you, just like Jezebel. So give it all over to him so that he can make it right. Get it right with him. That's what he's there for. He is an ever-present help in our time of need. Revelation 18, guys, and I'm going to close, but I also want to bring to... Um, Attention, Luke uh, 7. Remember with the woman in the uh, alabaster box? Remember how, you know, she only came for one purpose, and that was for Jesus. 
She never said a word. She gave it over to him. She anointed his body with ointment, and she washed his feet with the hairs, the hairs of her head. So that aroma, that fragrance that she poured onto the Lord, it came back on her. And that's what you want to happen with you and the Lord. So, you know, Revelation 18 says, guys, you know, come out of her, my people, and be not partaker of her plagues. Because if you read in Revelation 18, it just tells you everything that the enemy had done. Everything that this, this Jezebel is a, is a system that wants to destroy us. And God wants us to be set free from it, that we can obey him and serve him. So I know I'm out of time right now, but, um, you know, let, let's pray out. And I guess Pastor Christ can go on with the deliverance service. But, you know, Jezebel is real and she's got to be dealt with. Well, she will deal with you and your marriage and your children and your church, your pastor and everything else. you got to stand together as mighty men and women of Christ and do away with the devil. Treat them like a dog, cast them out and reap the benefits of what Jesus Christ wants us to have. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray tonight, Lord, and we just thank you for being good. We thank you, Lord, for calling this conference together, Lord. We thank you for Pastor Christ. We thank you for Sister Barbara. We thank you for the whole Omega Ministry staff, Lord, because they get it. They see what's going on, and they're dedicating their lives for a better time for the saints to be equipped and prepared. So I just pray, Lord, that you open up your heavens. Yeah. And to pour out your many blessings, Lord, yes, Lord, for those servants who have longed and, and have been on the battlefield and that they just desire to see souls saved while the whole world's just sitting around watching. Yes, Lord, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause, Lord, to release these funds to bring others, Lord, that want to be righteous and serve you? That we can amalgamate a mighty army, Lord. That we can have one that doesn't break ranks with one goal in mind to crown Jesus Christ your King. So I just pray, Lord, that you bind us in spirit, in your love, Lord, in your very divine nature, that we may give all things over to you, that we may have no fear of death, no fear of man, no fear of Jezebel or Ahab. And if there's any Jezebel spirit in here tonight, I pray, Lord, as Elijah did at Mount Carmel. Let not one of them escape, Lord, that you may take them down to the brook and that you may do what you need to do with them, that souls may be set free. For who you have set free, Lord, is free indeed. So we just pray in Jesus' name for all bands, all shackles. We pray for a heavy anointing, Lord, for the anointing breaks the yoke. So, Lord, I pray that your spirit flows into the hearts, into the minds, into the eyes and the ears that you forge soldiers and that you give us the power to do what you had always come to do with your anointing. You came to set the captives free. You came to bind the broken heart. You came to heal them that are bruised. You came to open the printed houses. And you came, Lord, to, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. 
So I pray for a heavy anointing at this hour, Lord, that you set the captives free. And let us tarry, Lord, to be in you with your power from on high. For those signs will follow them that believe. In your name, they will cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up servants. If they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So we pray in Jesus' name for heavy deliverance. For a desperation of deliverance, Lord, this is nothing we can do of ourselves, but only through you, Lord, in your power, that your will will be done. We pray and we ask that all these things be done for your glory and honor, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, 
We have all kinds of burdens, Lord. We have all kinds of people that bound us and held us down there, Lord. So God, right now, I'm asking right now that every witchcraft worker, Lord, every sorcerer, everyone that's bound us through sexual sin, to sexual sin, Lord, everyone that has a bond or a bond upon us, Lord, we break that bond right now. We break it right now. We break that curse right now. We break that power, Lord. We break that yoke, Lord. We break it right now, Lord. Since we committed as kids, Lord, we break that bond, Lord. We break it, Lord. God, you have come to set us free, Lord. Lord, send your cavalry, Lord. Send your angels, Lord. this right now, Lord. Flood this room right now, Lord. Flood it, Lord. Set all the free. Set your captives free, Lord. Set your children free, Lord. God, we have to be vessels free unto you right now, Father. Free for you, Lord. Get your spirit right now, Lord. Open up the heavens, Lord. Open them up right now, God. Flood this room right now with your power, Lord. Flood this room right now with your spirit, God. Loose this right now, Lord. Loose this right now, God. Loose every soul right now, Lord. Loose us, set us free, Lord, so that your Holy Spirit can take a hold upon us, God. From our soul, from our bodies, to our spirits, Lord. We sanctify ourselves unto you, Lord, as your priesthood, Lord, as your holy priesthood, God. Your word says that we are a holy priesthood, all of us, men, women, and children, Lord. Your child is here, God, that has not been called and appointed unto your service, Lord. Like Samuel, as a young boy, was called unto your service, Lord, to let the children be baptized, Lord. I remember being baptized in the Holy Ghost as a seven-year-old boy, Lord. Seven years old, you chose me, Lord. And I was baptized. A, a, a woman of God, a prophetess, laid hands on me as a seven-year-old, put her hands upon me, Lord, and I fell out of the Spirit. Only eight years old, I knew my calling, Lord. So let the children, let, let your hand be upon the children, Lord. Let your hand be upon the mothers, Lord. There's single mothers in this room right now. But as single mothers, you have to be the priest of your home right now. So let them be filled. Let them be anointed with the power, God. God, deliverance is what we need right now. Freedom is what we need right now, God. We're asking to be free, Lord. We want to be free, God. We're not playing with Jezebel. We're not playing with Ahab. We're not playing with any of these demons, Lord. We're not playing with any of these spirits, Lord. We curse you, devil, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, the deliverer, the deliverer, the resurrector, the freedom we want right now, Lord. God, we want to be free of homosexual spirits, Lord. We want to be free, Lord, and be free of fear, God. Set us free from fear, Lord. Set us free from fear, Lord. Set us free from the spirit of fear, Lord. Set us free from the spirit of bondage, Lord. Set us free, God. Set us free, God, from hatred, Lord. Set us free from feeling insecure. Set us free, Lord. Free is God. Free is God. Anoint our head, God. Holy God, claim your children. Claim your people, God. Claim your people, Lord. Come right now, Lord. This thing upon us right now, Lord. We can't wait no longer, God. Shut the windows, Lord. 
up your windows, Lord. Open up your heavens, Lord. Let your heavens come down right now, Lord. Touch your children, God. Touch our hearts, Lord. Touch our souls. Let us know we've been forgiven, God. Lord, let us don't even know we've been forgiven, Lord. Let us know the sins we committed yesterday are behind us, Lord. Let us know that everything we've done in the past, Lord, is behind us, Lord. Set us free, Lord. Give us your destiny, God. Give us your future, Lord. Give us your commitment, Lord. Give it to us, Lord. God, we ask right now for your heavy anointing, Lord. God, we drive every spirit that's unlike you out of here, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Touch from our hearts, Lord. Touch upon our soul, God. Touch us, Heavenly Father, Lord. Come upon us, Lord. God, we want your Holy Ghost, Lord. We want your Holy Spirit, Lord. We want to get away with adoption, Lord. The spirit of adoption, God. Sweep upon us, Lord. With the spirit of adoption, Lord. Let us know we have been adopted into the kingdom, Lord. Let us know we have been sanctified to the kingdom, Lord. What our name of your land for the life, God. Write our names upon your land to put the life, Lord. You're your word until you give us a new name, God. You said you'll give us a new name, Lord. Give us our new name, Lord. Put us in the light, Lord. Sanctify the soldiers of light, Lord. That's our name, God. We are soldiers of light, Lord. You said in John 12, you said walk in the light, believe in the light, so that you may be sons of the light. We are children of the light, Lord, and the darkness flees from us, Lord. The darkness must run away from us, Lord. All darkness, Lord. We stand here in holy garments, Lord. Holy priesthood, Lord. The priest had the mighty on the head and said, Holy unto the Lord, God. So we are holy unto you, Lord. Let us see ourselves as holy unto God, Lord. Give us a tongue that is holy unto you, Lord. Give us the tongue of edification, Lord. Give us the gifts of tongues, Lord. Give us the gifts of speaking in tongues, Lord. Speaking in the new tongues, Lord. Speaking in the heavenly language, Lord. Speaking unto you, Lord, in heavenly language, God. Speaking to you, Lord, in the inner man, Lord. And in the inner sanctum of our hearts, Lord. Raise our hearts, Lord. Cleanse our heart, Lord. Change our hearts, Lord. Give us the heart of love, Lord. Give us the heart of forgiveness, Lord. Lord, we forgive everyone who's come against this ministry, Lord. All of you who come against this ministry, Lord, we forgive you anything. For there's no weapon formed against us, God. That can't prosper, Lord. No weapon, Lord. No weapon. Devil, you can't destroy this ministry. Devil, you're a liar. Satan, you are a liar. This one is getting stronger now. We weeded out everyone who wasn't a part of us, Lord. They left because they weren't among us, God. God, this is a hospital. This is your holy end, Lord. This is your holy servant, Lord. This is where the truth is hot and white. One of the first things ministry, when we said, this place will be a place that's white, high, with the fire of God. What high? Let this place be White and hot. Fire up, Lord. So fire up. The devil can't come amongst us, Lord. The devil can't walk amongst us, Lord. The devil can't be in this place, Lord. The devil can't find us, Lord. The devil is alive, Lord. The devil will tremble. The Bible says, in his name, demons will flee. The devil flees from us. We are holy. 
only so the stars of life sanctify as unto the Lord. So prepare your hearts right now. Get your hearts, get your mind prepared. Because we're about to be set loose, y'all. We're going to be set loose to go out and do the works, to do exploits. We should be doing exploits right now. You, each individual here should be going to your community and, and bringing up your community, waging war in the heavenlies. We're going to do exploits. I'm responsible for my harvest. You all have a harvest here. Everyone here has a harvest. You have a lineage. You got people you should bring into the kingdom. Everybody here, you have your own lineage assigned unto you. That should be scary to you. That should be, that should terrify you. You know that God will hold you accountable for who you were designated to bring into this kingdom. I'm here because I have people to bring in. I may have thousands I should bring into this kingdom. Use this ministry as a place you can bring in folks. You don't want to bring them to the false church. That's why you're here. You don't want to bring nobody to a false church and to a lie to the devil, to some pimp, to some blind false system. Bring them here so that they may hear the truth from laborers who have sanctified themselves, who are fully committed to the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So multiply. Bring your bring all your harvest here with laborers right now. Amen. Amen. So this ain't play play. One, you come in and get set free. Two, the hands will be laid upon you and ask you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what we're here to do right now. But we gotta set you free. We gotta set you free. Devil, you have to flee from there. Flee from there. Flee from there. In the name of Jesus. Devil, flee from there. Depression. Flee from here. Spirit of depression, you have to flee from here. Flee in the name of Jesus Christ. Flee in the name of the Lord. The Lord of hosts. The King of kings. Amen. 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 teaching on the Jezebel spirit. If you didn't get that, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Everybody's handing out on the same bag, same devil. The devil's an equal opportunity employer. That's over the cave and everybody's still the same. So at some point, we got to make up our minds to get this over with and bring this to a culmination. That's what it's all about. Part of our heritage, part of our inheritance is to dismiss demons out of atmospheres. Demons get stirred up when they know they're close to the point of conflict and when they're about to be confronted. Your mind begins to stir up. 
Still, we'll still going through you. We'll still jerking around. You get nervous and all that. That's the forerunner for deliverance. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Casting out a devil is as normal as breathing to a Christian. No big deal. You roll through and you get rid of it. Deliverance is the children's bread. That's what it's all about. Before we get into deliverance, though, we'll do a quick teaching on it. And uh, we roll through. I tell you, this moves real fast. That's why I tried to warn you day one that we move real fast. And uh, we got to because we got time restrictions on us. We just got four days to get in, get her done, get going. So that's what we do. But remember, at 3 o'clock today, it's going to be a um, cookout. They moved it from outside downstairs it's in the ballroom when we first got here. It's the Molino ballroom. The ballroom we were in the first night. So that'll be where they have with the serving food after we finish up here today. All right, let's pray and we get going here real fast. Quick listen, then we'll deal with deliverance. Father God, we ask for your presence to fall in this place and stay here like Jamar just prayed that you abide here, seal this place off, and God, bind these demons and chain them to be prepared to be cast away from us, never to return again. Let resurrection power come alive right here, right now. Confront the devil, let the devil know who, who's the boss and who has complete authority over him. The Bible says, Jesus, you've been given all power over all the works of the devil. And nothing shall by any means harm us. Take authority here, God. Take them by the necks and drag them out. Everyone that has a soul and a land prepared for deliverance, set them free. For the prayer is deliver us from evil. God, do it for your glory. Do it to attest to who you are. And we'll give you the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're talking about deliverance. Look at Mark chapter 6. Seven, real fast. Mark chapter 7, verse 14, and we'll show you the seedbed whereby demons get entry and they abide in human beings. Mark 7, verse 14, it says that when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. This is to me, and understand what I'm about to say, Jesus speak. There is nothing, now, now you got to emphasize this, there is no thing. From without a man that enters into him can defile him. There is nothing from the outside of a man that entering into him can defile him. Nothing from the outside of you coming into you physically can make you unclean. Not. So don't worry about all the external physical things. What you eat, drink, you know, anything physical getting into you can't make you unclean. He says, but the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he said unto them, Are you so without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing from without enters into the man and cannot defile him? Because it enters not into his heart, but into his belly. So he's talking about ingesting food, edibles. Food goes into your belly, and it's not going into your soul and your spirit, the heart of a man. It doesn't go into the spiritual part of you, but the physical part. He says it goes into the belly, 
and going out into the draw, purging all meats. So you defecate, urinate, and you eliminate the thing that comes into the belly. And then through metabolism functions, the leftover residue, the uh, things you, you, you release through excrement is released from you. So it didn't make you unclean because you had a system designed by God to eliminate waste. And he said, that which comes out of the man, that defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. And from thence he arose and went into the woods of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have not have no man know it, but he could not be healed. For a certain woman whose young daughter had a what? <laughs> An unclean spirit. He just told you now that the violent elements are within in the spirit world. This young woman's daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him, and, and came and fell at his feet. So the a woman whose daughter had an unclean spirit came and threw herself down before Jesus. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled. For it is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Deliverance is the children's bread. Folks always talk about can Christians have a demon? Christians are the ones that can be divested of the demons. You can't cast demons out of unsaved folks, and I'll show you why in a minute, but they have nothing to keep them out. As you go forward in God from the day you were born again, Deliverance takes place as you seek the Lord and you get deeper in God. He begins to divest you of every unclean thing that defiles you spiritually in your soul and in your heart. I believe the, the heart of a man is where the spirit and the soul sink together. That's the heart of a man. You can meditate things deeply into you to defile you and become a part of your personality to the degree that you can't distinguish that defiled and unclean spirit from you because it's been meditated upon so long you've partaken of this nature so long that you become one with it. Now if you continue in that realm you can become reprobate where the demon is manifest manifestation 24 hours a day, 7 days a week and you for all intents and purposes of your head just he'll cast you inside yourself and you die and go to hell like that as a reprobate. So you can't allow for the devil to take residence and embed himself deeper in your personality to the degree he takes over your mind and he functions through you as the personality that controls the vessel. That's why you want deliverance. I mean, you can be played by dreams and all kinds of images and words in your mind, stuff you're not trying to think about. Your mind can drift off driving down the street into a realm of meditation that you're not even conscious of. You have to bring your mind back under control. Realize there's something trying to make me think things that are not normal. You walk around and you hear words in your mind. When you hear words speaking, there's a voice saying, somebody's talking. And if you're not talking to yourself, somebody's talking to you. 
You've got to understand it's the spirit world we're living in. And spirits are telepathic. They communicate with you all the time. And we tend to think it's just us. Thoughts, feelings, emotions, images, these are the realms of the demons. But when they begin to operate in a real uh, direct way, when they're trying to do something to you, they can even intrude into the physical arena. That's why you have succubus and incubus in visitations at night. When they come to have sex with you, you can feel them on you. They can stimulate you to the point of orgasm, but it's a demon doing it. You got to know that. It's not a dream. They use dreams as entry points. Have you ever started to dream about one thing and it ended up over here as something else? See, it got into your spiritual realm by starting you off in an innocent interaction, but it ended, ended up in perverse, filthy fornication. But it didn't start like that. You were skipping through the tulips in a field. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you end up being raped or something by five guys. And that's the demons. They, they got in innocently and took you over to a realm. These are things that are playing themselves out all the time. Dreams can be intruded upon by the spirit world. That's why you need Jesus who does not slumber, neither does he sleep. He's awake all the time. He can safeguard you by night. You pray at night, God, keep me in my sleep, watch over me in my dreams, guard my heart even as I'm asleep. Because when you're asleep, you're in an altered state of consciousness, and your mind changes, your brain waves change. And you go into another brain wave pattern, and when you're in REM sleep, that's the dream state. That's why that's when the devil comes. You've got to know the devil will have you have a filthy dream and then wake up and accuse you for it. You nasty, filthy dog. You Christian, how dare you kneel to pray? That's how the devil operates. You gotta know that. All is fair in two things, love and war. But Jesus said, you know, this is this the children bread now to cast the devil out of somebody. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yes, yet the dogs under the yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. He said unto her, For this saying, go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy dog. It didn't take five seconds. Because you said this to me, go back home, the devil's gone. That's how much power he's got. We're talking about somebody who has some power here. If you get the conditions right, casting out a devil is easy. But you've got to get the conditions right. And that entails confession, acknowledgement. You've got to confess your sins. Then it's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's the deliverance part. Every demonic, unclean element that got in through the sin, if you'll acknowledge the sin, he'll then clean you from every element that came from the sin. But you've got to agree with it. You cannot deny it. You've got to confess it. And when she was coming to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. So you see now how it happens. One of the things that come out of the human soul, the heart of a person is lasciviousness. Being lasciviousness all through the Bible, what is it? Lasciviousness is behavior driven by thoughts of sex. Excessive, unbridled lust. You burn in lasciviousness, which means you burn in your lust. Excessive, unbridled thoughts about sex. That is the spirit of the hour around the world. 
The devil is inundating people with slick spirits. I mean, the programs on TV, perversion everywhere, the songs, these young girl rappers like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, filthy lyrics, perverse lyrics. They'll say anything. And they are accepted as being the normative now in society. He's after your mind to accost your mind with perversion. The pornographic industry is a multi-multi-billion dollar industry. The number one websites viewed on the internet are porno websites. Number one, behind everything else is behind that. Fox News, CNN, Drudge Report, every other website you know about this famous Facebook, all of that lines up behind pornography. See, this thing is, a, is an excessive, unbridled, thinking about and meditating upon lustful things. You don't understand, but a lot of times these thoughts and this excessive behavior comes from inheritance. Your daddy or your mama was a, a mason or an eastern star or a shrine. They joined fraternities and sororities and they yoked themselves to the Greek culture where the demon spirits rule. You got a great covenant with all of that. It's desperate people that get deliverance by acknowledging avenues of access that the devil has created to get into their minds and souls. Everything is on the table with God. You look for whatever avenue the devil entered in through and you divest yourself of it to get free. You've got to be desperate. The devil will use amulets, charms, gifts given to you to yoke himself to you. Ankle bracelets, any kind of a charm bracelet, rings given to you by somebody with an ulterior motive to control you. See, these things in and of themselves are not necessarily evil, but the motivations of the person that gave it to you can bring a spirit to bear on your life. They divine through gifts, amulets, charms, devices, spirits that come through mojos placed on you. They'll leave stuff in your house to leave a spirit in your folks around that mojo they left there. Things they put on your house. They'll, they'll put body weights and instrument on your front door. It's all divining and signing and designing spirits on people and calling forth the images and the forces of the dark world. Look, folks make fun of this, but the language of the Bible is all supernatural. Witchcraft, sorcery, divination. You deal with the dark arts. When Jesus was crucified, he said, this is the power signed upon by super witches to kill Jesus. They didn't just think of killing a good man. They were under the control of a dark force and that caused them to kill him because they were soulish and they were under the control of the Pharisees, Sadducees, and religious leaders. You got to understand, religion is a powerful dark force that is very astute in orchestrating witchcraft against Jesus Christ. False religions are everywhere. They're all controlled by demons. The biggest false religion on this earth is Roman Catholicism. It has nothing to do with God. It's not Christian. It's Babylonian witchcraft. And the Pope is the high priest of Babylon, representing Nimrod and Samaritans, the, the wife and mother of a rebirth Nimrod. See, Nimrod was married to Samaritans. Nimrod supposedly died and became the sun god Baal. 
and then a ray from the sun inseminated Semiramis, and she gave birth to Tammuz, which is a reconstructed, regenerated, rebirthed Nimrod. So you see, Semiramis holds a little baby, and they have halos around their heads to represent the sun god worship, and that's the image you see in Roman Catholicism. That halo around their heads is not about Jesus Christ, it's about worshiping Baal, the sun god, and you'll always find the powerful Samaritan holding a little baby, Jesus. And it's really Tammuz, which is a born-again Nimrod. So he is Tammuz, the baby she's holding, is the son of Baal, who is also Nimrod, that she's holding in her hand. And that's what they worship in Roman Catholicism. And when Constantine married Roman Catholicism to the church, the legitimate church, they defiled it and perverted it. He said, they don't preach another gospel. They pervert the real gospel, the Bible says. And then they merged together the Greco-Roman gods and called them saints. You know that through Roman Catholicism, they make you a saint. Everybody can't be a saint. The Pope must ordain a saint. That's not the language of the Bible. Everybody that's sanctified in Christ is a saint of God. It's garbage. And you want to create a fervor, you go down here to any Hispanic culture and tell them that. You might not make it out alive. <laughs> that statue of Mary, Samaritan, a Babylonian goddess, is their God. And you tell them the truth to set them free, and that anger that comes out of them, you know where it comes from? The demon enthroned in their heart. That's, right. That's a demon. That's not the anger of the person. That's the response of the exposed demon. If you've got Roman Catholic spirits and you sit here, you can already feel it. It's already reverberating it. But guess who ain't running from it? I ain't. <laughs> Shake your guts out of your ball out here. Let a tuning fork go off in it. We're trying to drive this stuff off of you to set you free. But you got to know the truth to be made free. See, look, stop running from it, man. This stuff will send you to hell. He says the first commandment, I am the Lord your God. I'll have no other God before me. You worship Mary, you damn your soul. There is no intercessor between us and Jesus. Jesus is the only intercessor between God and man. Amen. There is no other name given amongst men whereby he must be saved. Right. It's a lie. It's a matriarchal spirit and a feminized presentation of God to turn your heart away from the patriarchal father and son to a matriarchal system of a mother and a daughter. You got to set yourself free from it, man. If you want to make it to heaven, you better become radical. You better lose your culture. You better lose your appendages to your, your family members. And you better go to God for real and say, God, whatever it takes for me to make it in, I will do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a radical thing for desperate people. This is the real deal now. I told you this ain't play play over here now. This ain't your grandma's church. Matthew 10. Matthew 10. <laughs> Matthew 10, verse 5. These twelve, Jesus sent forth the them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter you not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. So you see now, these are the four instructions given to the disciples of Jesus that we should still carry out to this very day. You should be out there every day, healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, and casting out devils. That should be your normal lifestyle in Christ. If it's not, we've got to go back in sequences to find out where we went wrong. If you're not seeing that power right there, something's wrong. Something has short-circuited us, and we got to abandon religious brainwashing and get back to Jesus Christ and get made over again to find out, God, where is the glitch? Where is the cholesterol blocking the flow? These are your instructions given to me, and I want to see it happen. You got to, man, look at your life for real and want to really live this thing out and not go through religious motions. For God's sake, everybody ought to be sick of talking. Talk, 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 talk. Man, listen, your emotions get dormant and dead after a while. Look, I want to see something happen. We want to see an atomic explosion take place where God's power comes on display. These are the instructions. And one of them is cast out devils. Got to do what God said to do. Luke 9. Taking a quick smooth through some scriptures here, looking at Jesus. Luke 9. Luke 9. Take a look at verse 37. And it came to pass that on the next day when they were come down from the hill, much people met him. And behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, beseech, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is my only son, my only child. And lo, a spirit takes him, and he suddenly cries out, and it tears him, that he foams again, he foams at the mouth, and bruising him, partly departs from him. And I besought thy disciples to cast him out, and they could not. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, there's the short circuit. No belief and perversion. How long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring thy son here. And as he yet coming, and as he was yet coming, the devil threw him down. That always happens. When you get close to deliverance, you're going to get volatility. It's going to get volatile, man. It's going to start shaking and it's going to be some upset things around you. Trying to make it here, you're going to go through some stuff because we deal with deliverance. That's how it goes. The devil threw him down and tore him and Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him again to his father. And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. But while they wondered everyone in all, in all things which Jesus did, he said unto his disciples, let, though, let these things sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men, but they understood not the same. And it was hid from them that they perceived it not, and they feared to ask him of that saying. So you see now, Jesus had power over that devil. Another scripture you find out they came to him privately and asked him, why could they cast out the devil? He says, this time goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. That means it takes a degree of self-denial 
and getting rid of self and self-consciousness and pride has to be eliminated. David says when he fasted, he humbled his soul with the fasting. You got to fast yourself down and pray yourself up. You fast down, you pray up. That's what it's all about. You deny the flesh, you deny that food, you deny the ingestion of anything that makes you feel good, anything you like, deny yourself of it on a fast. And you fast self down to pray the spirit man up. So the soul goes down and the spirit goes up. That's how you get power over the devil. If you stay in your soul, if you just your soul, you got soul strength, you're not gonna stop the devil. How do most ministers and ministries get undermined? Instead of getting spiritual strength, they need knowledge to the soul and they get heady and high-minded. They get a theology degree and they know a bunch of stuff. The devil knows more than anybody. You can't impress the devil with knowing stuff. He knows the Bible better than all of us put together. So you can't get more knowledge to conquer the devil. You've got to get into the spirit with the power of God at your disposal to stop the devil. The devil only respects raw power. See it. See, people try to get more information. They do more research. Stop trying to promote secondary things that has no bearing on anything. I had a guy come to me and tell me, hey man, I saw on the internet this, this a video that said that Serena Williams was a man. And uh, I said, okay, okay, after she's a man, what's that going to do for you and me? <laughs> Nothing. And the same video says Julia Roberts is a man. You can't tell anybody anything positively and accurately and, and most assuredly that you can't prove. Now, if you're a surgeon or a gynecologist and you somehow examine them and you say I was in the room with them and I know they're me, it still wouldn't have their bearing about salvation. Stop majoring in minors and minoring in majors. You need power to heal, to cast out devils, and to do the works of God. The devil's distracting folks over here on the internet, on YouTube, looking at all this junk, and he's getting the free pains. Get the word of God in you. Meditate on the word at night. Let this thing anchor you that you're a gap in God put a nothing but the word of God and the devil's got to bow the knee to the word of God when it's transformed from water into wine. Water goes in to purge and purify. Wine comes out to edify. He turns the water into wine. Logos goes in as water. Rhema comes out of your mouth as wine with power. you got to have power. It can't be what you know. It has to be who you are. You have to become that word. You got to live it, eat it, breathe it. It's got to become the only thing that matters to you in life to have power over the devil. The devil's given secondary and tertiary knowledge to make you heady and high-minded. Knowledge by itself will only do one thing embedded in your soul. You know what it is? Pump you up and make you proud. 
And the devil don't care because you're just like him then. You're proud of all the junk you know. That's the religious arena. I've been in this thing a long time. There's always somebody trying to impress you with a bunch of junk they know. But here I am, bleeding and dying, out here on Jericho Road, on Jodico Road, where I come from. It's in my neighborhood, Jodico Road. <laughs> if you're from Atlanta. And I can't find anybody pouring any oil and wine. I need somebody that can help me for real. The world is a barren wasteland now. They need somebody that can really help them for real and not talk. I got cancer. I'm dying. I'm through. I'm, I'm demonically plagued. I got a daughter and a son right here, demon possessed. I don't need you to talk to me now, man. Do you have any power? Can you really help me? That's why the world is blowing all the Christian folk off. Because they can't do anything but talk, 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 talk. It's a minor bird religion. A parrot religion. Talk, 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 talk. We've got to see God for power. Stop letting the devil delude, delude you with secondary, unimportant information that has no power over him. That's why he feeds it all day. It won't do anything to him. Christian folk debate round earth, flat earth. Who cares? Round, flat, rectangular, square. It's going to be burned up. He's trying to distract over here so you'll leave him alone. He's getting a free pass. The devil's quest is peaceful coexistence. He don't want to have anybody confront him. Can't we just go along and get along? Now you're Rodney King. <laughs> Why can't we all just get along? No, man. We're not going to get along with you. This is a war. This is seek and destroy. It's utter annihilation of the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested in the flesh to destroy the works of the devil. Try to talk about no peaceful coexistence with this dog. You got to take him and drive him. You got to destroy him. Like he was trying to destroy you. And Jesus interdicted him. The devil would have killed you as sure as the world. But God intervened and did this. That's the mercy of God. I'm not going to have mercy on a joker trying to rape my dead and slaughter me at every turn. No. Seek him and destroy him. Utter annihilation is what we're after. No peace. No peaceful coexistence. Total annihilation. This makes phenomenal, sweet tea, pink tea Christian nerds. Because they're here to peacefully coexist and call that brotherly, brotherly love. Trying to love up the devil. And I'm trying to be no lover of the devil. The devil hates your goods. It's always an ulterior motive he comes with to do something to you. Look at Matthew 12. We're smoothing through the New Testament here in the Gospels to show you the, the demonic activity before we deal with these devils here today. Matthew 12, verse 43, look at this. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walks through dry places, seeking rest, 
and finds none. Now remember now, these are dry places as compared to wet places. Now think about this now. The devil wants a moist, wet place to dwell. He likes the warm degree temperatures in your body. See, it's warm and moist inside of you. They like that. It feels cozy and nice in here. My house is warm and wet. Cast out, he's out here in dry, arid places walking. And he wants the house to dwell. Remember, these are disembodied spirits that are used to some type of a physical body living. I believe that most likely demons were embodied in some type of flesh at one time. There's different theories about where they come from. Some people say demons are fallen angels. I don't believe that. I disregard that one because angels don't walk, they fly. A fallen angel is kind of beneath them to be walking around down here and trying to you know, struggle along on the earth. Another theory is that they are the sons of the fallen ones, the, the offspring of the fallen angels that drawn with women back in Genesis chapter 6. The sons of the fallen ones, the Nephilim, and they are the sired offspring that drowned in the flood and that's how they got disembodied. When the flood came, it disembodied them. When they drowned, the physical bodies that they have been died, but the leftover remnants of the spirit world remained and they now traversed around the earth looking for a body again. Third theory is the one I think is most likely, but I'll never say that it's factual because I can't prove it. And that theory is one that says that there was a pre-Adamic world down here and the earth was inhabited with some type of a pre-Adamic creation. That when Satan fell, it was destroyed because he governed the earth before he fell. And when he fell into the earth, being cast down from heaven, that that civilization was destroyed. And that's where you get things like Atlantis and even stories about dinosaurs and prehistoric creatures that's why they made Jack Jurassic Park movies. You know, dinosaurs have an intimate. You know, a velociraptor is pretty small. Opening doors is Jurassic Park. So, you know, it's about those kind of types of theories, but the bottom line is we don't know because the Bible doesn't tell us where they came from. But man has conjecture and theories, and some of them make sense, some of them, some of them don't. But it's kind of interesting to look at it here and there. But we know one thing about them, they're to be cast out. The absolute right there. It came from really is not important, but you can study it in your own time and kind of look at it because it's interesting to kind of go over things and find out stuff sometimes. But these are we know one thing about them, they are unclean. And when they get into a human, they make the human unclean. And they can stir up disease because we see in the Bible spirits of infirmity and disease. So sometimes when they get in a human, they can stir up all kinds of imbalances in your body, cause all kinds of uh, malignant growth inside of you, cause they're unclean. They're unclean entities that bring a nesting environment with them that metabolism and the normal homeostasis found in the human body. So that's why they need to be dispatched out of you as soon as possible because you don't know what they're causing to happen to you by their presence. 
These are unclean spirits. They are unclean and they have no business inside of a human being. So look at this. They find no rest. They said, I will return. And this was all patterns of a demon. That means they have intellect, they can reason, they can analyze. It says to itself, meaning it's talking to itself like you do. You ever start thinking in your mind about what you're going to do? I need to do so and so. That's, the, that's how they think. Think of them as disembodied persons. Not disembodied humans, but persons. And persons always have what? Personality. So that tells you about demons. They like certain places. They like to eat certain things. They like to be around certain people while they don't like being around others. They have personalities. Some of them like to drink liquor. Some of them like to smoke dope. Some of them like porno. Some of them are pedophiles. Some of them are homosexual. Some of them are lesbian. Some of them like beasts and they'll live with beasts and perform bestiality. They have all these character traits of a personality and when Job was a human, they would transfer those character traits to and through the human. You gotta know that. You Have you ever talked to somebody and when you talk to them, you know that can't be a human talking back to you? Because what they're saying is so crazy that nobody could think like that. And you try to bring reason into play and you try to intellectually dialogue with them and their answers are just so unreasonable and crazy that you know that can't be a human being talking to you. And you walk away shaking your head wondering, how can anybody be that crazy? That's crazy. You go back and try to ask them again now. What was that you said? <laughs> and you said that this, your, your face is looking like it's all grown. <laughs> it looks like Quasimoto talking to them. <laughs> you end up paraplegic talking. What are you talking about? This is crazy. <laughs> People don't make you get you in a wheelchair talking to them. It's a demon. Demons play with your mind. Demons play with your emotions. Demons are weird. They like to puppeteer people. They like to just yo-yo you up and down. They like to see sometimes what they can make you believe and do. Demons sit back and say, you know what I want to do? I wonder if I can get everybody to tattoo themselves. I I they probably said in the heavens, you think Look how it's involved. Everybody got sleeves and all their legs. That's, that's the demons, man, playing with humans. Why do they want people to tattoo? They're prepping for the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast just been another. I got 75 tattoos. No little itching on my hand or my forehead. I'm already going to see how they got on the neck and the faces now. The devil is programming for to be marked and branded so there'll be the resistance to him identifying with some kind of mark. He's playing for, for a chunk. When you follow the patterns of the world, you're following Satan and his plan to take your mind over. 
He lowers resistance slowly and methodically. What you would never do, finally, he gets you to have an appetite to love him. No kid was born cursing. But now people use the F word like they're saying and, but, or it. That's the devil. A pornographic mouth. A mouth full of perversion. Cursing. Swearing. Perverse words coming from the mouth. That's the devil. He's an unclean spirit. Little kids in kindergarten, pre-K cursing using the L word because their parents play the music over them all day. Their parents talk like that, and now a three-year-old is repeating what they heard. They're just recorders like everybody else. Did you not know your soul records sight and sound? That you're a walking, talking, movie recorder? Everything you are, are around, your soul is recording. Sight and sound. That's why you got to keep your eyes sealed up from perversion and your ears sealed up. The Bible says be careful what you see, be careful what you hear, because your soul is recording. You got an old favorite song, go to the mall and let them play your soul. You're going to know every verse of it because it's recorded. But memory recall called it up. And now you're trying to shake you walk into your car trying to hey, oh, y'all it. Who would have thought I was delivered? It wasn't that you weren't delivered, you've been vexed. Lot vexed his righteous soul from day to day. How did he vex himself? Hearing and seeing their unlawful deeds. Your soul is recording things consciously and subconsciously. Why you gotta know that the devil uses subconscious things to instill control better than you. The power of what? Suggestion. A hypnotist puts you in an altered state of consciousness and then through the power of subconscious suggestion he changes what you do. And then with a trigger word or a snap on a finger you revert back to what he, he, he uh, programmed you to be like. Your soul can be programmed to respond any kind of a way. I'm telling you, there are all kinds of, you know, there's a, a, such a thing as traumatic bondage for the person or thing that traumatizes you repeatedly. You bind yourself to that person or thing. The trauma bound you to them. What Brother Halleck described was gaslighting. You ever seen the movie Gaslight with Ingrid Bergman? Where a husband was trying to drive crazy, so he, he would hide her keys and say, she'd say, I thought my keys were on the counter. And he had put them up somewhere in a drawer. She said, he said, you know your keys were never up there. She just said, sitting up there. I thought I bought my keys in here. She'd bake a pie and put it out of the oven on the counter and come back and say, Let's get a piece of pie. You know I baked a pie. <laughs> I was just in here this morning. I baked a pie. No, there was never a pie here. No. I got the car. She's going to crank it up and won't start. The, gas, the car is empty. There's no gas. I just filled it up. No, the car. The car was never full. That's gaslighting. Make you believe that you're crazy 
by doing things to, to, to make you question your own sanity. You ever had somebody tell you, you know, you know, when you say such such a thing, you think, I never. Yes, you did. Yes, did. Two thirty, you told me. <laughs> you start questioning. You walk away with your hand in your mouth like. <laughs> That's how they do you with monarch mind control, CIA, FBI, trained assassins, trigger words on the phone. Rosebud. You want to kill a half dozen folk? Trauma-based mind control. You know who has been very astute at trauma-based mind control? Disney. Yes. See all these young kids coming out over-sexualized? That's coming from trauma-based mind control at Disney. Miley Cyrus, victim. All these folks, you can name one after another. Justin Timberlake. Back in the day, I think it was Frankie Avalon, after Frankie Avalon, and Annette with a Funicello or something. All these folks been victims of modern mind control coming through Disney. Disney has a lot of embedded sexual things in all their movies. Erect penises and vaginas and all this stuff, but it's all embedded in the cartoons. They use trauma and sexual perversion to turn these folk out. They call that program the beta program, the sex kitten program. Mata Cyrus got it bad. That's why she turned up her behind to, I think it's Alan, what's his name, Dick? Robert Dick. Robin and he went through the initiation in some awards program. Notice how they had on black and white striped suits. That's dualism. It's teaching them that there is a good and evil and you are a God that controls both parameters. She was going through initiation. When Kanye West tried to disrespect Taylor Swift, she was going through initiation. She was crossing the burning sand through public humiliation. Beyonce got burned up in the car and crazy in love to cross the burning sand and come out of the car as Sasha Fierce, a new alter ego. And Jay-Z is not her husband, he is her handler. They're masons. And you've got to be under control and you've got to be able to be made to do what they want you to do. That glazed over look in their eyes tells you they've been driven off the deep end. I'm telling you, this is a dirty game. Young girl shaved her head, what's her name? Britney Spears. She was trying to produce, and the thing was so bad on her, she went to shave her head bald. And she's just barely hanging on by a thread right now. That sex perversion mind control puts demons in you to make you perverse and willing to get naked in public in order to be a star. It's a dirty game. Porno stars, monarch mind control, beta kid program. Strippers, beta kid program. You can't walk into a room of 500 guys butt naked and be yourself and be normal. You gotta be taken into an altered state of consciousness and demons put into you so that you lose your inhibitions. You'll do anything for a dollar. This is demonic, this is power, this is witchcraft. We better stop fooling around with the things of God 
and give power over the devil because he's coming at us with everything he's got. And when he comes to you, you've got to have some real faith and some real power. Because he can do things to you that will make you doubt yourself and doubt your salvation and question God's faithfulness. you got to be locked and loaded in this one, buddy. And the only way you can stay that way is to meditate in this word day and night. See, it's automatic. If you, if you put it in, it's the same as a computer program. Garbage in, garbage out. The word ain't garbage, but it works the same. What you got going in is going to come out of you all by itself. You can't stand here and try to think of and remember the scriptures. It's got to be programmed into you and you know who you know, not what you know. Your mind got to have an uplink to the mind of Christ so you don't think up here. Your mind has to be as blank as a white sheet of bond paper when you're talking. You don't think when you're dealing with God's power. You just make yourself available. And they'll put the words in your mouth just what you need to say when you need to say it. Get them with the devil. So you see here, this devil is walking around and thinking in this dry place, I'm going to return to my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he finds it empty, swept, and decorated, garnished. Then goes he and takes with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. That word other is the word heteros. That sounds like what? Heterosexual, right? Yes. What does heteros mean? Different. So if you're homosexual, you're same sexual. If you're heterosexual, you're the opposite sex. So he brings in seven other demons different from himself. Seven others, and they're worse than he is. They're Demons of a different kind, more wicked than him, and they enter in and dwell there. They live in that house, in that body, and the last bit of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. That word for wicked is the word pornographic. The point of it. It's a pornographic generation. They love evil, filth, degradation, depravity, and nastiness. If you walk around down there and deal with this world, you find that people have an appetite for nastiness. They're not filthy, degraded stuff. Like Gabriel, you can sit there and talk about oral anal sex concerning Dwayne Wade and nobody flinch. She gets she gets more commercials now than ever. The nastiest. The more they break, the more they will exalt you and promote you and put you on a pedestal. You want to get promoted? Be filthy, be nasty, be debased, be low light, be scum, and they'll lift you up on that. Dignity, morality, decency, honor, virtue, valor, they hate you, despise you. I'm telling you, man. Is the realm of the unclean spirits now encompassing the earth. The whole world lies where? It is in the wicked one. So you got to just sanctify yourself and separate, get full of the only spirit contrary to the unclean spirit, and that spirit is the Holy, the Holy Ghost. Unholy spirits, multitudes of them, versus one spirit, the Holy Ghost. 
Millions of demons, one Holy Ghost. What knits the real church together? The Holy Ghost. That's the only church there is. The only church you got on earth is the church full of the oil in the lamp. No oil in the lamp, no Holy Ghost, you ain't in the church you imagine yourself to be. The Holy Ghost is the common denominator. He's the thread that knits us together. Without the Holy Ghost, you'll never make it back. You've got to have that nameless servant to get back home to Abraham and Isaac. He knows the way back to heaven. He was dispatched down to lead us back home. And all the unclean spirits are assigned to deter us away from the journey. And the way they do it is, is they distract us away from the leadership of the Holy Ghost. As men as are led by the Spirit of God, they and only they are the sons of God. That's the identifier. So if they're going to fight you, they're going to fight the Holy Ghost in you by getting you to do something unclean that will offend the Holy Ghost. That's the goal. Get you into an arena to, to offend the only one that can get you home. That's the trick. Every word of a Jezebel spirit, an Ahab spirit, a witchcraft worker, designed to distract you away from the Holy Ghost. If you go for it, you'll be out here in La La Land. I can't let me preach the message one time it's called La La Land. But notice this. In a 360 degree circle, if you're in the center of that circle, headed due north, which is 360 on the compass, if you divert one degree and head off to the side, guess what happens with time? You get further away from your destination. One step to the right of following the Holy Ghost, and with distance, you expand your distance away from where you're going. You get further away from Jesus Christ based on traveling. And for God's sake, don't make a 90 degree turn. You had to do another turn toward 090. Look where you're end up. He's over here and you're going this way. If you turn 180, you're going diametrically opposed to him. You're, headed, um, you're walking away from him. You've got to stay on the Holy Ghost and the way to stay on the Holy Ghost is to stay in that word. Don't let anybody deter you from what you absolutely know about the word of God. He exalts that word higher than his name. And unclean spirits hate it when you when you tell them it is written. They hate it. Hate it. Because you want to turn away from the word of God. Everybody that accosts you tries to get you to compromise the word of God some kind of way. Oh man, it is written. I'm staying with this word. I'm gonna sink, swim, live or die by it. It's the way it is, John. You cannot deter from that word. You got to anchor your mind in that word so strong that nothing, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Love the word, you love God. Love the word, you love Jesus. Stay faithful to the word, you stay faithful to Jesus. Every demon born from hell is trying to get you to compromise this word. This is the real deal. I'm telling you, this thing is coming down to the wire. John 5, 
Gospel of John, chapter 5. You go this route because before you deal with demons, you got to get them real mad. <laughs> I like I like that you know, They bothered me my whole life. So it is my chance to bother them back. What? <laughs> John 5, verse 1, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue of Bethsaida having five porches and these they have a great multitude of impotent folk of blind hawk withered waiting for the moving of the water for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had and a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? That is the preeminent question of our time. Not go to church, not say a bunch of prayers, not hang around a preacher. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want everything inside of you fixed, leaving nothing out? I want to be made whole, spirit, soul, and body. You see, to be made whole, your spirit, soul, and body must align. If you look at yourself as a, tri a triad, a three-part person, spirit, soul, and body, God can't interact with us if we're not whole and aligned. In other words, if there's a fragmentation of the soul, God can't flow through you because there's parts that you miss. Fragmented. So what the devil does, you're a spirit that's a constant. You got a physical body that's a constant. So the misalignment is where? In the soul. So if you got yourself lined up spirit, soul, and body, if he takes the soul and moves it over here, how can God flow from your spirit through your soul to manifest in your body? Because there's a missing element. The soul is misaligned. If the soul is fragmented, he can't put the wine of the spirit in an old wine bottle and burst it. So you see now, the devil's attack is on what soul? He's a soul creature. He's, he attacks the soul. So the soul has to be clean. Jesus said it this way, in your, in your patience, possess ye your soul. You've got a soul you're responsible for. He gave it to you. Now it tells you, I'm giving you power to do what? Take it back. You gave it to the devil. Now you go take it back from him. And you said, pray, Lord, deliver me. Lord, help me. He said, no, you go get your soul back. Lord, Lord, no, no, Lord, Lord, you go get your soul back. You want to did the fornicate, the line is stealing, and all the whoring around. So you go undo it. I'll give you power to do it. I'll walk with you to do it, but you got to do it. If I spend all day watching porno movies, I can spend all day in my word. If I spend all day lying, I can spend all day praying. If I spend all day at the club, I can spend all day in praise and worship. If I, if I spend all day twerking, 
I can spend all day dancing in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Same you. So you have to come up. Take up thy bed and walk. 
They that was healed, which is not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus finds him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Tell you, you get to deal with the day. Don't go back to what you were doing. Because they're coming back. And they will continue to come back the rest of your life to see if you're for real. They don't just go away and then that's it. They're going to double back. They keep checking the house because you are familiar territory. Did you not know that your grandmama and your mama, when they died, the spirits in them came looking for you because yeah. you're in the bloodline? You even look like your mama. And she just died. And then you wake up at night and your mama standing at the foot of your bed. That ain't your mama. That's the familiar spirit that lived in your mama. Looking for what? House. House. Mama did. I can't express myself anymore. But you got the same personality as your mama because she made you. She's programmed you to see her demons and taught you the way she viewed life. To make you compatible to her demons. That's why you got some of the character traits, some of the value systems, some of the thinking processes that you were taught, and you got to be divested of all that trash because you're gonna make yourself a home for a roaming known for the loneliness, a demon. It's looking for a home. A leprechaun is a demon. All these things you see characterized in all these fables, these are real demons. All this stuff you see on TV and in the movies, these are demons. Gremlins are demons. So you see now, you got to be aware that these things look for a home. They'll come looking for you. Beware when a close relative dies because that thing is going to be looking for a home. Mama talks, don't trust a finger. When you get married, have your own bank account. That's programming to receive her demons. That and divest yourself of that trash because your mama just sold divorce into your soul like she divorced your daddy. The same thing can happen to you because she programmed you to be divorced. You got to know this, man. You got to break these word curses that are empowered and reinforced by demonic powers. He says, Don't sin anymore. A worse thing can come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had, which had made him whole, and then the Jews persecute who. Jews were persecuting God and sought to slay him. They're trying to kill God because he had done these things. What? <laughs> On the cognitive Sabbath. A religious spirit is a dirty spirit. Because if you don't measure up to the dictates of that religion, they will, they will hate you, ostracize you, and kill you. The family will take you out back and kill you. That's a religious spirit. A religious spirit is a murdering spirit. Churches are full of religious spirits. If you don't conform to that environment and perform up to the standards of that particular leadership, they can turn the whole church against you. That's why you got to be made whole in Christ to walk this out. You got to be able to stand in the inferno as an individual. And not need anybody to validate you. You got to be made whole inside 
So you're not looking for anybody to sign off on you. That's not pride. That's being made whole in Christ. If any man be in Christ, you're a new creation. All the old things are passed away and everything is new. And Jesus answered them, my father works hitherto and I work. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but he said also that God was his father, making him equal with God. There's nothing you can do. We've got to get to the place where the church is now separated from religion. Show you how it works. You got saved, you went to church. Bad idea. You went to hell when you went to church. People that want to get right, I need to go back to church. Worst thing you ever did in life. You went to the devil. You went to church. You can't go to church. You've got to be conscious. It's organically growing. The way to get power of the devil is to have organic growth. This place, organic life that once controlled you. You've got to see a decrease of the old organic life replaced and displaced by the new. That's when you get real power. God will fill the new organism. He don't, he don't feel rich with this and religion and customs and memberships. That's a waste of time. That's why the devil just sits here with nobody able to do anything to him because the devil knows everything is contingent upon organic life growing. He knows it. And what we don't know, he knows. So he tries to prevent organic growth. The devil knows what he's trying to do, restrict organic life expansion. See, the organic gospel book we wrote, that's a game changer. I'm telling you, in religious circles, that would change the whole dynamic of the church world. So the devil fights that tooth and nail until God opens the doorway of utterance. God can open the door of utterance and no man can shut it. It's up to him when he does it. When he does it, though, it's game on. Because it ain't going to be no shutter down. Once he goes, he's going to go. That's why you got to be ready because you never know when God's going to say, all right, the green light is on, go. And you, you're not ready, you just can't go. Paul said, John Mark can't go, he's not ready to go. Leaving. Barnabas says, I think he's ready, but I'm leaving you and John Mark. <laughs> you didn't see Paul said, well, I guess. Uh, Paul was out there trying to kill everybody in sight. He'd been knocked down on the road to Damascus. The man got a call in his life. I've given myself over to Christ 110%. I'm not compromising anything. John Mark is not ready to go. You want to be with him? I'll see y'all around. That's how you got to be in this, man. When the Titanic goes under, the last thing the captain yells is every man for himself. And that's where we're at right now. Humans know that their time is up. So they are frenetically trying to hold on and grapple and grasp for life. Some of y'all will go back home to persons that are, have, have animosity in their hearts against you. Because the demons know their time is short. They have a short time. They threw that boy down because that boy was headed to Jesus. And the devil threw him down. Telling you, you got to get laser focused on the throne room of God, set professions on things above, and you got to make heaven your destination. That's how you overcome these demons and get them out of you. You let God know there's a lot of people playing down here, but I ain't one of them. I'm dead serious about what I'm doing, God. You said, when the Son is set free, is free indeed. I need you to be set free. 
Freedom on the inside will undermine all control mechanisms on the outside. Don't let false commitment and false love bind you. False commitment and false love will make you a victim and a slave to external forces. You got to know that you can't be bound to external forces. If you've got demonic strongholds on the inside of you, external demons will control the demons in you. That's why you've got to be set free so that no mechanisms on the outside can initiate any stimuli to manipulate you. So they'll do it. One thing the Bible says, this one testimony stands sure. What's the testimony? The Lord knows. The Lord knows that he is. Guess who else knows? <laughs> What's his? Jesus said that the devil comes, the prince of this world comes. He had nothing in me. When the devil comes to an environment, the devil's going to know through compatibility and organic life what's like himself. So you can look a lot of different ways, but the devil's going to know you. If you got lust in you, a lust spirit going to walk by you and know you look right, but you belong to me. So when that old Jezebel and Hulk come by, it's going to know instinctively. He's still lust out. <laughs> you know how to sit in that seat right now? <laughs> Who enjoyed that to me? <laughs> Is anybody sitting in that seat? <laughs> Looking all crazy all over here. What's wrong with you? <laughs> the thing you know, there it is. A rocky, sockey pot. It's going to know. It's going to be able to check out this environment. And know. What it belongs to itself. You can be married and still looking to get attention. You know, not me go to the grocery store and your booty shorts. I'm married and everything. That's the other thing. You know, I see a guy. And you're going to get it all right. You're going to get put in the hell. You got to divest yourself of every vestige of the devil. You got to sift through yourself and search yourself and evaluate yourself to make sure every nuance of the devil is gone. Don't believe that imaginations are spirits. You cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But when you got something that's just plaguing you, just plaguing, driving you, compelling you, that's a demon. It talks, it thinks, it's got appetites, it's got things that can be appended to outward triggers, like lunar cycles. You ever seen in the Bible where a boy had a lunatic spirit? Moon cycles are used by witches to trigger demons. When the wolf man is, he was appended to what? The lunar cycles. When the moon was full, Don Cheney Jr. became <laughs> it's real, it's real stuff. The devil can impart also triggers in you that initiate demonic responses at a particular time through a trigger. It won't initiate until the trigger is in place. That's why you can walk around a lot of folks. Walk around, hey everybody. But you get another complimentary spirit like yourself that is a trigger, and I won't pay a name, but she got the same thing in her that I got in me. I just can't shake that thing. I'm going to go my mind all the time. I'm going to go. 
or something like that. Trying to shake you, man. What is this? Lord, please! Just lay it on my mind. It's complimentary spirits. You gotta know that. You gotta know what they are. See, some folk are like what you used to like. <laughs> some folk are like what you used to like. Everybody don't trigger you. That's your good. <laughs> Oh, no, that's And then your mind's up thinking. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Back in the day with a What is that called? <laughs> you gotta know that. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of your heart will flow what? Issues of life. Nobody knows you like you. Yeah. See, in this time, you can't play. I'm going to make this shit. Don't stay around this. They run. They're probing. The inner workings of the heart is probing the nuances that define you. It's really probing and searching through you to find where the glitches are. Religion don't do that. Religion just preaches sermons and teaches lessons and jumps around, runs around, is singing songs. But never have you searched the inner workings of the heart. After salvation, man, there's a probing of the inner man. The Bible says the Holy Ghost is the candle of the Lord. Searching what? The inner parts of it. Guess what? You are a house. Unless you live in Charles Engel's house, your house got more than one room. <laughs> you ain't in the little house of the prayer. So guess what? A person is multifaceted. You might get delivered from something today, but then there's another room. And then let's open the door here. Oh, I see another nest of them in here. Uh-huh. And the demon be sitting with my eyes and hands up there. Exposed. Exposed. Now, when you get exposed and the demon is exposed, you're going to want to run for the door. You got to hold it on and say, look, I ain't running from nothing. You got, I'm, you demon, I'm not even with you. Mm-hmm. Demons are a spell from God's presence. You've got two choices. Let it go without you, or you go with it. Because it's going to stimulate your mind and tell you, go. Get out of there. Get out of there. Suddenly, I'm about ready to break for the door now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make a phone call. <laughs> I need to burn on up in the you gotta drink water. <laughs> you had to found it for 15, 20 minutes. So, David, my David was like everybody else is trying to avoid confrontation. That's why you gotta be adamant in your soul and heart to say, Look, I don't care who else gets free. I'm getting out. I'm getting free. You know what I look like? He's giving information up there to show me where it is. You got to run the Catholic devil. Stop running from that Roman Catholic devil. Confront that devil. I don't care if your mama, your grandmama, your great great grandmama, your whole family Roman Catholic. You better get out. Because you're going to hell with them if you don't. You need to pray to Mary. You're praying to a demon God that's binding your soul. And the more you pray to it, the more it's going to consume you, take you over. Mary is a mother of harlots. 
and abominations. What that is, Samaritans, that ain't near the, the mother of Jesus. Look, somebody better be very, very desperate and want every vestige of that devil to be gone. When the son is set free, it's free indeed. If it was that, you'd be pleased. The other elements are real. The forces they bring to bear the human soul are real. You don't have to think, you don't have to try, you don't have to do anything that will damage you. Hear everything I'm saying. You know, it bugs me. I want to bug them. I want them to dislike me. I want them to hate my guts. I want to turn the corner they despise and spit on and stand. I love that. That feeds the fuel right there for this great wonder. You want to go into places and everybody in the room is despised. I don't care about being light. I don't want to be part of nothing. If I'm in heaven, I'm accepted in heaven. It's good enough. If the world hates you, God loves you. If the world rejects you, God has accepted you. What you want, man, because it's nothing about the devil. It's all about what we do. Get the difference. Take you through a deliverance prayer first and give you a chance to confess anything or acknowledge anything you think makes your stronghold is binding you. After that, it's up to God what he does about it. If the conditions are right, the demons will flee. Because you met the legal conditions to make them have to flee. God is going to examine how much of you has the stamina to stand when they come back. That's what he does. He looks at you and he, he, he examines your soul and heart to see, are you for real? And when you go on to follow the Lord and do what's necessary to keep this stuff off of you, because they cast them out of you and you're just swept and garnished and decorated with nobody in you to feel you. They're just going to come back again. First of all, anybody here not saved? Anybody here not born again and not a Christian? I ain't talking about going to some city church somewhere. You got to be born by the blood of the Lamb and you know you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. If you're not saved, I admonish you, if you don't want to be saved, just leave this alone. Anybody not saved? And don't kid yourself. Don't be here with somebody saved and think that's imputed to you. It ain't. It's got to be real for you. Anybody, I'm telling you now, before we get rolling, don't say I didn't tell you. I'm not responsible for folks telling lies. I asked you. Anybody here seeking to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? Alright, that's you. Don't worry about that. You can get you baptized home. But sometimes you can't get baptized home because too many demons. But that's what it's all about. You just you just no, we're just for real, man. This is real stuff. This is not something. This ain't for show. This ain't that look like you got power because it ain't power when we to cast out demons. It's the conditions being different. That's all it does. Condition man, God will move. To do what he does all by himself. He don't need human hands to do it. That's what it's all about. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we ask you right yes. now for your power to be made manifest here today. 
to demonstrate your power to deliver people from evil. God is Jesus' name. Unclean forces, demonic powers would dare to stand before the living God and to torment your people and try to cause them to go in all kinds of wayward directions and give them images, impulses, and all kinds of emotional states that are contrary to your word and contrary to your will. God, in the name of Jesus, send power through here to drive off your adversaries. Let no demonic power stand before you. Seek them out and destroy them in Jesus' name. Now pray this prayer with me, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God. God, I come before you. I come before asking you. for your mercy. Asking for your mercy. Asking for your grace. Asking for your grace. To deliver me from all evil. From all evil. God, I'm helpless. I'm helpless. And I'm dependent on you. I'm dependent on you to set a captive soul free. To set a captive soul free. God, God, according to your word. According to your word. Deliver. Is the children's bread. So right now, I'm asking. I'm seeking. I'm knocking. I'm waiting. I'm pleading for the difference. Do it, God. And glorify your son. And it's in his name I pray. Right now, I renounce the following. The following transgressions. Now, transgressions. Now, finally, between you and God, renounce anything you see fit to renounce. And God, you have access to you. You acknowledge anything that's been done, any soul ties with people, any, any old lovers, any old fornicating partners, pornography, homosexuality, lesbianism, oral sex, anal sex, bestiality, things you did as a child with other kids. Touching folks somewhere in a room, somewhere in a classroom. Somebody that was a relative, a cousin, a nephew, a uncle, anything. Praying to saints, praying to Roman Catholic saints, being involved in all kinds of wayward, perverse religious structures, Hinduism, Buddhism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, anything. Man, put everything on the altar. Don't care what it is. My bloodline, what my daddy was as a drunk, what my mother was as a harlot, the Jezebel and Ahab spirit. Renounce that thing. I want the Jezebel spirit and the Ahab spirit off of me. Every vestige of femininity as a man, masculinity as a woman, independence as a woman, trying to guard myself as a woman. Making sure I'll never be hurt again. Nobody will take advantage of me again. I am responsible for me as my own God because I don't trust you as God to protect me. Let me announce that stuff. Shame and condemnation from hoarders. I was a whore and I'm still ashamed of it. I'm rejected by it. I feel like I'm not worthy because of it. Man, that's not what the Bible says about you. You're accepted and beloved. Renounce that thing. It's a wrong identification given to you. Renounce it. Renounce it. Get it all fucked up. That's nothing about the devil. 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.